If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hi, Sal. Uh, in this motherfucking episode. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Swearing. Pump. For the first 59 minutes. We got uh, Taylor made in the house Justin, and Douglas in the house. Adam Taylor. You have as many nicknames as me, man. Douglas. Getting out of control. And I do our introductory <laughs> conversation before we get into the questions. We start off by talking about the Viore podcast hard event last night. Damn. Epic. We it were was electric. We were touched in places yesterday that... Felt real good. It was we, a night. Nice, it was it. a good, good, a good event. <laughs> uh, by the way, we have got a hookup for all of our listeners for Viore. Now, Viore clothing is Taylor basically said it's the sexiest stuff you could put on your body. True. If you go to Viore clothing, let me spell that out for you. It's V U O R I clothing.com forward slash mind pump. We're going to give you a full 25% off your full order. Uh, it's a special offer. Just Get geared up, man. It's right. awesome stuff. Then we talked about our tour of the Organifi headquarters. We actually went in there, looked at their sales process, interviewed uh, Drew Cannoli. Holy Cannoli. He's, uh, he's a, is, he a, is he a paisano like me? He he's has got to be with be. the last name like yeah, that. Yeah, of we're also sponsor, sponsored by Organifi. If you go to Organifi. sponsored by them. Sponsored. And we're sponsored by <laughs> Both. Yeah, yeah. Two of those things. They're, pay, they're paying us double <laughs> for double the commercials you're going to get this one. one. You're on a roll today, Sal. That's right. That's a, that's Find out why, Taylor, <laughs> why Taylor's hair looks so luxurious. Yeah. Uh, so if you go shiny. to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MindPump, you'll get a big discount. We talked about Taylor's impression of our fans. He's actually attracted to most of you. We talked about the risk of telling the truth, the power of being real and truthful, gaming the biggest loser and other contests, the objective truth movement, and our upcoming mere live podcast hard event. It'll be fire. Oh, you guys better make it to that one. Uh, there, there's some slots available. Sign up for that shit. Go to www.mindpumpmedia.com forward slash tour and sign up. By the way, for that one, you got to put the triple W in the beginning because I have no fucking idea why. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work otherwise. We don't know why. Yeah. Uh, technology. Then we get to the questions. The first question was, if you want to compete in both bodybuilding and powerlifting, which one should you do first? Is there a benefit? Great question. Good question. I liked it. The next question was, for online training coaching, what are our thoughts on high-ticket coaching? Like, Do we think it's a better to go with the high-cost, low-volume approach or the high-volume, low-cost approach? Which Hang one? in there, Jonathan. It does take about 45 minutes, but we do finally answer this question. Yeah, we do run we circles it? and <laughs> come back eventually. Excellent. Uh, then the next question, I go off on this one a little bit. You guys kind of let me, which uh, I get a little self-conscious I brought about. you a little soapbox. Yeah. We talk about the victim mentality that seems to be on the rise in society. Somebody asked us what our opinion was on that, um, and I went off for a little while. And then finally, last question, can posing or flexing your muscles help with the mind-muscle connection? You might have heard of the mind-muscle connection uh, from bodybuilders and muscle builders and how important it is to have a good connection to your muscles to activate them when you train them. Can posing or flexing like a douchebag in the mirror <laughs> help you out, Justin? Being a douchebag will help. Can it? Well. Uh, also, uh, we know what's about to happen. It's about to get warm outside. You're going to go outside. You're going to want to take your shirt off or put a bikini on 
and you're going to want to look fucking sexy. Yeah. You're going to want to look sexy. And part People of looking sexy get laid, Sal. is being lean, fit, and healthy. And a big part of that is nutrition. You got to work out, but you also got to eat right. So here's what we're doing for everybody to help them get ready for the summer. We are going to give you the nutrition components or the guides that we offer that deal with nutrition for free. You're getting two of them. Two, one, two, for free. Wow. You got the intuitive nutrition guide. You're like Santa Claus. The fasting guide <laughs> for free. All you have to do is enroll in a MAPS bundle. Now, bundles are we combine one or, excuse me, two or more MAPS programs together and discount them by over 20 to 30% off. For example, let's say you want an incredible looking backside. Taylor, let's say you want a tushy Ooh, that is sexy. A tushy for pushy. And we're being hypothetical here because we already know that you have one that looks good already. <laughs> but let's just say you didn't oh, and you wanted creepy. He's it been to look you. really fucking good. We have something called the, the we have something called the Build Your Butt Bundle, which includes MAPS Aesthetic, MAPS Anabolic. There is a mod in there to teach you how to activate your glutes and build those glorious Justin-looking glutes yeah. that you want. Can you imagine? If I he gave had, out my secret. Imagine formula. if he had a Justin butt on his body. Taylor. Oh my god! Good god! <laughs> Would you be a hit at the party? Yeah. Or let's say you just want to be. Stereo. Let's say you want everything. You want it all. Well, then you do the super bundle, which includes lots of maps programs. It actually takes you through an entire year. You may as well do that. You're going to end up wanting to do all the programs. Anyways. You are. Let's be honest. You get the you get Might the as well save bundle. money. You know, know what I mean? Because it discounts everything. Thirty percent. It's a year of exercise program. You you pretty much can't go wrong with that. Anyway, enroll in one of those bundles. We have not done you wrong. Get the intuitive guide and the fasting guide for free, or you can even do individual programs and pick out which one you want. If you want to get those programs, or if you just want more information. Or if you want to look at some beautiful pictures of Taylor, are there any of your any pictures of you on our, our website? Or am I lying right now? No, no, they're lying right. He's whatever, hundred percent lying. Whatever. We still have a cool website. <laughs> yeah. Go to mindpumpmedia.com. Doug, do you think maybe we could do this in the jacuzzi sometime? Whoa! Now we're getting, uh, now as we're long as we sexy. don't have the power source I by mean, the water, <laughs> I feel like these are long <laughs> enough. I feel like these are long. I feel like that's a cool. terrible, that would be a cool. terrible idea. But it's kind of, it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> no like no cool. splashing. Hot sound. tub time machine. Yeah, yeah. it would <laughs> be like hot tub time I could, machine. I could blow dry my hair while you, I'm in there, make some toast. Hey, like, who do you <laughs> fucking? Who do you, who do you think's had the most? Why not? Who's had the most worst ideas in this business? Out of all of us. In our business? In all of us. Who's the most the worst idea? Yeah. Oh, if you can the count most. them all up. Yeah, That's yeah. a tough one, man. Mm. I don't know, man. Because everyone's had some. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of any that I've had, so tell me if I have. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying I have No, I would say so you're the convenient. winner. I think you're the well, winner. Well, tell me some bad ideas I've had. No. Um, I can't see. remember all of them. Like, I remember the porn ads. Yeah, that's see, and that's everybody that's, remembers that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, well, you know. So then I'm just gonna get rolled under the bus. No, it's not about that. I'm just well, saying yeah. it's the you know it's uh, I can't remember a lot of these ideas that we've had that were bad because we tend to just forget them. Well, yeah, sometimes uh, yeah, exactly. On. A lot of times they don't happen, right? A yeah. lot of times we say some stuff and then, but you even you're even good about catching yourself sometimes. You caught yourself like once or twice last night. You know, the energy's flowing. We're all excited after an event, and it sounds like fucking hey, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. Yeah. Right? He's like, yeah. well, you know, we'll just Actually, start with this. Logistically yeah, I don't think we should do that. <laughs> you got, you know what it is. You I, know what? We should ask Taylor. Who's it? Taylor? Have you, oh gosh, let's hear it, dude. Oh, who has the worst ideas? Yeah, who's had? Who's heard. had the most worst <clears throat> ideas? You want to like stack them up? I mean, when you all get riled up, it's pretty bad. 
So it's collectively, it's not good. Uh, Every once in a while, we got some, we got some hitters. Mm. (laughs) That's how it works, though, right? You You got to kind of exhaust all ideas, all possibilities. Numbers game, yeah. (laughs) It is same way I I got you you know women. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a numbers thing. (laughs) It's simple. It's math. That's stretch. You strike. Yeah, you you swing a lot. I actually had a swing. I actually had a buddy who literally lived by that. I I had one too. No, serious. He was like serious about it. He's like, no, I know that if I. Ask 10 girls phone numbers that two of them will say yes, you know? So I just... Now, what did he do with the yeses? Always went for yes. it? Yes. He yeah. played... The, he played... <laughs> yeah. He played... <laughs> yes. That would be a yes. What do they call yeah. that? Playing craps with your dick? Yeah. yeah. like, ah, snake eyes. Uh, Let's find out. Uh, gonorrhea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, this one sticks. Dude, That's... can I can I just say that, that the event yesterday was um, surreal? It was... Cr- Taylor... Yeah. Good job on putting that together, man. What did you? What did you? Was a good job, man. As a, as a, uh, as well. Okay, here I'll ask you. What was your opinion of the event we did yesterday? Well, what did you think order? was gonna happen? First of all, honestly, then- I had no, I had no idea. I was, I was just, I wanted people to show up. I think that was the thing that I was nervous the most about. Mm-hmm. Is I was really excited, and then I got, I started getting nervous, and I'm like, oh goodness, this isn't our, in, it's not in our backyard. I can't like. Like, right. golly I couldn't. I can't like yeah. call friends and family like for backup to show up. Like, hey, I need you to come. I need you to really come through on this one. <laughs> you know, um, bunch of good looking Latin yeah, people it's walking. Like, Wait in. a minute, your name's Venezuela. Your name's Venezuela. Yeah. I can feel seats back home. Yeah. You know, but like, we're, not, we're not, a whole bus that yeah. comes in. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, I, I mean, w- when people started lining up and you could see that there there was a, a crowd, then we had the chants going. Like that was weird dude that was crazy it was, that was like my favorite part it was surreal man it was it was a very strange it's very strange to see because people are talking about how much we've impacted them with our podcast and when you're hearing someone you ever have someone give you a compliment like come up to you and just say something to your face that just blows you away like you're beautiful something crazy like that you're like oh well yeah. um, I guess I don't every know day. every day <laughs> <laughs> it's happening yeah. just, becomes, just becomes the norm yeah. <laughs> yeah. but no it was, it's, it's a surreal experience and if, I feel like this crazy sense of responsibility when I hear that like whoa yeah. I gotta, I gotta do a, keep doing a good job or do a better job every time I you know every time I hear that it's really but really but how crazy. cool was it you know like I, I, what I really wanted to happen is like take the magic that happens on the show like in the studio like I get to see it right like just as a byproduct of of working with you guys, but then for, I want people to see like, it's what you see is what you get. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think with a lot of people, whether it's influencers or YouTubers or people that, you know, that are looked up to a lot of the time it's, it's this facade. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, you, and then you get bummed out and it's like, no, I think part of, part of why mind pump is, is able to have the, the effect that it has on people is because it's real. It's a, it, it's what they can connect with. And I, and I think, being able to to get outside and and there's that human factor, you know, like where you get to interact and it's just like mm-hmm. that. Now you, you can take somebody that might be on the fence and then now now they're a diehard fan. Mm-hmm. Now that now there's all the way in, you know. Do you, do you remember last night when there if there was a moment where you saw like it the experience happening the way you yes. want it to happen? Yeah, you do because it became a podcast. Mm-hmm. That, that was the weird part. Like we were up there I noticed that too. answering questions and it was when you guys started just riffing together, talking to each other. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and that was when it felt cause the difficulties we've had in the past, we haven't done a ton of, you know, events or uh, we've done no events like last, like last night, but we, we've done a few where we've talked to crowds or whatever. 
And it, it, it's difficult to create the same strange, weird chemistry that we have when we podcast with yeah. all these people watching. But it happened last night. I felt that chemistry because we started talking to each other and there were moments where I forgot there were other people in the room and that's when we're able to kind of get into our into our flow and it was was really fun. It was intimate. Yeah. With there with there being that many people there, it was it Yeah, that's hard to despite do. Despite the the speaker's not working. Yeah, well, <laughs> which Again. I, I yeah. kind of I feel like yeah, would go Doug. Yeah. I I kind of feel like that was such a it was a it was a blessing in disguise. I mean, I really do. I and I remember when I was introing it, right? When we were first talking, one of the things that I was say I brought up the fact that the speakers weren't working. I thought, but I wanted this to be like a campfire type of setting yeah. always, you know what I'm saying? I, I always wanted it to be like that feel because my biggest fear of going into this, and it's not a fear, but the thing that I didn't want to happen was I didn't want it to turn into like the you seminar. Know, hundreds of seminars yeah. that I've run in my life where it's, I stand up and I talk. And we can easily go into that. Moment. Oh, easily. I mean, it's easily. Within all of us. But it bores the shit yeah. out of me. Oh, big time. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. It, it, Plus, we're, I mean, we, we, we've got, you know, good information and stuff. I don't think we're seminar material. You know what I mean? If I'm watching a seminar, like I want to listen to like. Dom yeah. Diagostino or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, what are Give we going to do? Yeah. yeah. Current research. Plus, and bullet you, points. If you listen to like, you know, more than, you know, 50 of our episodes, what are we going to talk about in a yeah. seminar? You know what I mean? Right. Talk about fasting, fat loss, whatever, you know? Well, that's why I think this dynamic was so awesome and, and, and unique because it was our, our people. Like we finally got to speak in front of people who've listened to us over the years and uh, appreciate our content, and you could totally hear that in the questions they're asking. Oh, us. Dude, did you hear it when I asked when we for, when I, the first time I asked? I said, you know, how many how many of you guys listen to Mind Pump? They laughed at me. I got like a chuck, <laughs> I got like a chuckle, and then everybody raised like, their hand. Duh. Yeah, 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 right. Like, yeah, whoa, yeah, asshole. I drove the four, first time. I drove four happened. hours over here to yeah. see you. Like I don't listen to the show. Like of yeah. course, right? So it was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Like this is uh, no, like, it was cool. We gave we they came in. They got free beer, so we were giving out beer and wine. Yeah, it was a great. They got wine. what was the yeah. name of the wine? Free public. Oh yeah, free public we'll wine. Get some, some good candy. They got twenty five percent off Viore, which good. by the way, Viore hooked it up. They gave us outfits, and mm -hmm. their shit is, I mean, it's amazing. It's yeah. the quality is ridiculous. Um, but everybody there got a discount on Viore clothing. We gave away a free program to everybody. In the room, that was awesome. That was Adam's idea, and I thought that was a yeah, great idea. That was awesome. Um, Doug, it, Doug wasn't aware of it. He was like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> wait, like, who's I puckered. I puckered a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> Doug puckered. <laughs> yeah, pucker up. No, I thought that. I thought that set the tone, man. It was, you get I, a program. You get. Once a I felt like it was like, like all the Oprah. fans, then it was like, okay, cool. Now we can hook everybody up. Now we're all friends. You're no longer fans. Yep. Now yep. let's sit at a campfire. Let's chop it up and talk about all this shit yep yep yeah well, i thought that was really cool and it's a, it's a it's a great brand to partner with good people that were there the owner showed up and you know hung out with us a little bit and the staff was awesome oh, joe and his wife are so cool and man yeah. dude that that, that company's on like the cutting edge of the, the style the trends you can feel it you can see it in the clothes oh, they're about to take over man there there really hasn't been good gear like that for men specifically i can't even think of the last time I, i've known a brand that has taken that kind of quality to men's clothing you see that with women's clothing mm -hmm. all the time but well uh, everybody everybody that loves lulu right knows that it's it's a badass brand too but it's so for women so yeah it's so and they offer men's stuff but they just are not, not they don't, they don't it's hit an it. afterthought though yeah and you know it feels I mean? like an afterthought yeah. when you shop there where when you shop here it's not like that at all dude no not at all what I, what I was telling a lot of you know we had a chance to to mingle with people afterwards and and how cool is it where 
or two young brands, right? We're probably each three years into our respective journeys can partner up and everybody that that is Vori customer and supports Vori, they should be listening to Mind Pump. Everybody listening to Mind Pump should be wearing Vori. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's man. just like like we can we can grow together in our respective spaces mm-hmm. and 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 it becomes a win win, which is super neat. Bro, you have a very romantic voice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He makes love to the mic a little bit, doesn't he? He's got that. What did you call him? Super Suavo? It's Super Suavo. See, everybody turns it on a little. It's funny to... You talk a little bit different. You're not. (laughs) No, you do. into that. You do. Oh, it was excellent. What you said was excellent. Oh, thank you. But you get all that. It's just funny because you get people coming on. He makes love to the mic, man. He makes love to this thing. Bro, I thought... I want to tell you how it went down. Bro, there was a guy... Listen, listen, girl. Listen. Oh, my. Listen here. Hey, girl. It's like he turns his R&B. Hey, girl. It's like, you know, I did, you know, I got a little confused last night because uh, while we're there at the end, we're taking pictures with people, high-fiving people. People are asking us more questions. We're mingling and hanging out. And there was a dude in there that was kind of acting like, almost like he was a bouncer and he would come up to be like Taylor says we need to cut it a little Captain short Cerveza. <laughs> Captain Cerveza Captain Cerveza oh my god and I'm like, that was my homie and I'm like is this I'm like is he related to Taylor because he kept like who was that guy dude I, I didn't I didn't know how he was many getting like, me beers all night how many yeah how many drinks he may have had yeah, until like I think halfway he's, through and yeah, I, I think like, was, oh yeah I, I think like he was guy. the only one that was really taking advantage of the free alcohol yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. open bar yeah, yeah most because we did and we hooked it up everybody had free drinks you know all night long and I think that some people Really took advantage. Yeah. Of that. A, he was a nice guy, though. If he's yeah, listening he was right super now, nice. oh, no, no. Shout, I don't. I forgot your name, but we called you Captain Cerveza. So <laughs> yeah, shout no, out. To you're immortalized brother. as Captain Cerveza. That's your for nickname. Us, that means so. we like you. No yeah. badass. And dude. then and then Adam snuck off with a couple fans out the. Out, what'd you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> what'd you do outside with a couple fans? Uh, you know, uh, there's. You know, it was really funny, dude. That I had this, uh, you know, out of body experience. I was, I literally saw myself as like a 16 year old boy oh, i think you see you're like floating no yeah. no these, these guys got me so high dude i, was, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess you yeah. were <laughs> yeah no i was you know so you went out and smoked a joint with these dudes well you know it, it, first it, of all you're an asshole because you didn't invite us i know thanks a lot dude. yeah I know. whatever i know it's fine i was totally feeding my own ego dude i really was I, and i saw it you know it was really funny <laughs> it was really and you let I, it happen yeah I, yeah I just let it happen i was like all right this is gonna feel good let me feed this ego yes, for a minute <laughs> tell me how cool i am real quick right so we we did and then i was uh there's uh we were sitting out there for i don't know how long we were out there for so what you do is go out to their car and there was a three there was a few yeah, of them, we were, right? yeah we were around the corner and stuff we didn't want to be right on the the main public yeah. or the public street or whatever that so we just walked around the corner and we were just and the the guys the boys were cool man they were just we they wanted to ask questions about the cannabis industry and we we started kind of going down that path and i just i don't talk about that much in depth about that as i did with these three guys so yeah. they got to hear a lot of stuff that I've probably never shared on the podcast or no, no, not a lot of people even know. That's to so ask. Rad. Yeah. And so it was mm. cool. I had a really good time and I was just chatty. Kathy rambling like crazy, you know, and then the phone was vibrating and it, it kind of startled me. And it, I saw all the missed calls from all of you guys. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I was like, we got to go back I over. I thought you got kidnapped. Yeah, we were worried. Oh, yeah. shit. Some fans stole yeah. that. No, I knew exactly <laughs> what was took happening. took him. <laughs> no, I mean, shit. We had I, a couple times Taylor had walked up to me and he's like, dude, we uh, were already an hour 
beyond what we were supposed to be in here. And then he'd come back to me. He's like, bro, we're an hour and a half past what we said we were. He's like, dude, it's two hours past. I don't want to end it, man. We we have to do. And I'm like, got to wrap it up. And I remember him saying that to me the first time. And I kind of looked at like how many people were still waiting for each of you, like in line and how many people were waiting still to talk to me. And I go, think okay i don't want to like fucking leave that many no, people right. hanging right let, let me get through let me get through a majority of these and so i'm looking and i'm going okay i can do that in like 20 minutes or so i'm, so I'm kind of like mm-hmm. trying to write but then i realized like the, it never stopped yeah you know it never stopped because it, that it, was the weird part it's like you start a conversation with somebody you really get into that conversation with them and right. then it's like but there's this weird like time where you're like well i guess i gotta talk you know we gotta wrap this up somehow and then the next person comes and it starts a whole new conversation and it just like kept happening and happening it was it was a really weird kind of thing that like went on it was what, cool though what, what were some of the top things that people were asking you afterwards mm. i answered a lot i was telling katrina just i was just talking to her catching her up and you know i i didn't answer a single fitness question i know that mm-hmm. uh, nobody asked me i didn't have to break out my macro my macro brain and start talking shit like that. Like, I mean, I, maybe a couple, I had a couple, like some common theme stuff or, you know, trainers that were, you know, looking to start their own business. I got that. I got a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of, but then probably the, the next most popular thing was, you know, I talked to a lot of couples mm. um, and relationship and communication. Um, God, we dove yeah, I had a few of those relationship questions. Mainly for me, it was the coming out of your shell type questions. Oh, you said coming out of the closet <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an expert. <laughs> I mean, I come out of the closet sharp, you know, like dressed to the nines. You would run that industry. I did would. you? Did you have a lot? Of, did you have a lot of kids that were coming up to you talking about how they were, you know, nervous? Because I didn't get yeah. much of that. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Interesting that you you got that. Probably the majority. Which, oh wow, which was really cool because I, you know, they. Obviously, like everybody has something they relate to each of us, you know, individually on. And I think that was one of them yeah. that, that um, people sort of were drawn to me for that aspect of it because obviously I'm very, you know, transparent about how uncomfortable, you know, everything was in the beginning and how this has been such a process for me of growth. And um, it's just great to see that that, like, that resonated, mm-hmm. you know, with some people. I, I was really stoked on that. That's awesome. I got, I had uh, like trainers asking me questions. I had people asking sales questions, like how to, how to present their, you know, their, their business better or how to sell their product better. And then I had people come up to me and talk to me about politics, which was really fucking fascinating. I got some deep conversations about markets and economics and, you know, the concepts of liberty and all that kind of stuff, which was really cool because those are, I mean, those are conversations that I can have for hours because I love to speculate on them and talk about the philosophies and the histories of them. Are there any conversations that you can't have for hours? Yeah. Yeah, I don't no, think... I don't think sports? <laughs> sports? Yeah, you, oh, there yeah. you go. You shut that down yeah. quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. segue that shit real quick. No, my favorite is... The quarterback it, is a lot like is it, his <laughs> attempts His attempts to spout off inf- you know, information. He's got facts. Yeah, he's got uh, facts. He does. Sports facts. He does. He's yeah. like, yeah. How about them Warriors? You have you just know? enough. Went, went in it again. Huh? I don't know what you think about that. You see a jersey name and then you just That Draymond kid doing pretty well, huh? What do you think about that? He's really draining out there. He plays hard. Guys, yeah, plays, plays hard yeah. for a for a for a new player. He does a good job. Yeah, yeah. That was a passes the ball really well. That was yeah. a total guess. Anyway, what'd you get? What'd you guys think of the uh, the Organifi tour today? Oh, you know, this was cool. This is the first time we get to meet Drew uh, in person, right? We, uh-huh. We've interviewed him, and um, I was really excited to one see uh, what he was going to be like because I think uh, talking to someone. Uh, via Skype is one thing, but when we get to meet somebody, and I get to look you in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like he I, seems like a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, very, very good dude, man. I, I a good. I mean, uh, 
big heart. You could tell that he's got uh, a hell of a past. He's got a hell of a story. Um, I wish he told his story better. I think he's got a lot in there that, um, and I try to get dig in a couple times. They're like, see if I could get him to like release it. And yeah. he, he did little bits of it in mm-hmm. the episode. I mean, I, th- I think it'll be a good episode still, but mm-hmm. I wish he would have elaborated. Yeah. It was a good was energy when we walked in there. It was cool to walk into the business because we've walked into other large supplement companies. And, you know, you walk in and you see 30 employees, 40 employees, you start talking to people. And, you know, we've, we've all been in, in successful businesses. And you can, you can start to get a sense of, of a business when you walk in and start to meet people. And I, we've been in other companies. We walk in, there's 20, 30, 40, 50 employees. You start talking to people. Nobody fucking knows what they're supposed to do. You ask people like, oh, what do you do here? Oh, I, uh, I, I manage this a little bit. And you don't, it, it, you don't get that, that feeling that everybody's like driving towards this common goal Whereas when we walk into Organifi, there's charts on the wall, there's mm-hmm. statistics, people are standing to be on the phone, Beast people, trophies. people are super like into cool. it, they all know it, and, cool. and you, you, you can feel the energy in there, and you can see that they're being effective, they're being very efficient and effective. Yeah, everybody's working towards the same objective, and you can see how they all, it's very transparent, the work that's going on, so whoever's doing, making moves, like you're going to see it real time, and I think that that's brilliant, you know, it just brings everybody together and it, it makes it a competitive environment which, I, I fucking love right? that environment yeah. Taylor you were you said you, when you were a startup you said it looked kind of like that too huh yeah it, it's it's you can tell the energy of a sales floor mm-hmm. when you walk in there mm-hmm. and it, it seemed like they were having fun which is really cool that's a good sign of good culture yeah mm-hmm. yeah sales is an interesting you have to have a, a certain culture in sales in order to be I, I, I mean I, I could recall you, I'm sure Adam, you the same thing, and Justin too. You, 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 when the energy is good, sales improve. Mm-hmm. It's different than other aspects of the business. You know, like if you're if you're a programmer or engineer, some, you just kind of want a quiet, organized, clean environment and people, and that's it. But when it when it comes to sales and probably marketing too, it's like this. You almost want to feel like you're on a, a on a team and everybody's doing something together and it's motivating and it's. There's lots of emotion. Sales involves lots of emotion. You need to have lots of emotion. You need to feel it when you walk into a room. And it's very interesting that it's like that with sales and, and, and not so much in other, other aspects well, do you of believe, business. Do you believe that we can transfer emotion? Oh, of course. Right. You've so. got those mirror neurons. No, you see someone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's exactly why it is. That's why it's so important. It's so important you have that culture if you're going to be really, really successful because people can feel it. People mm-hmm. can feel I don't care how badass your product is or how cool your brand is. Like, if the vibe isn't right or the culture isn't right, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's. I, I think it's very obvious when I walk into a business and I see that and feel that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. I definitely felt that there. And I mean, look know, how 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 smart is Drew too. I love that too. Talking to a, a guy that successful, who like openly is like, no, I I have no business being the CEO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's fucking somebody else's job. So self aware. Yeah. And, and and you know, like to do that, that's it real takes confidence. a lot of ego too. You know, like, Fuck yeah. like letting go of things like that. Fuck yeah. Understanding your strengths and somebody else that's. You know, within your company that you spot, and you're like, "Wow, no, I know he would do an excellent job," and I'm going to go ahead and step down. Like that takes a lot of balls. That's a leader. Yeah, that's what real leadership is. You know, yeah. fake leadership is the guy that or girl who thinks that they're the best at everything. A true leader is the one that identifies the people on their team who are better than they are at certain things and places them in the right position so that they succeed 
and so that the leader succeeds or the company succeeds. These are the these are the attributes about him that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Like this I, that's what was drawn to me. Like uh, the woo woo stuff. I don't give a shit about all that stuff that much. You know, let's, <laughs> I, I, think, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not a fan. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. You, of you don't want to start playing that big drum he was talking about. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I'm just not. I've just never. Been, but I love. I love. People I can see that, Adam doing that. Though. Yeah. I love people that do. You know what I'm saying? That, but it's just like. <laughs> It, it, to me, sometimes what it, what it does, and it's again like it's um, it reminds me of of a religion. I think there's there's so much positive to say about it, and I think it's important for people to have have it. But I think people uh, are searching, man. Yeah, I know. people are searching. I know. You, you look when you're when you're a guy like him. Think about it this way: thirty seven year old. He's thirty seven. He's thirty seven year old. He's made a shit ton of money for a long time before Organifi. He was in mortgages. He did uh, what was the other thing he did. Debt consolidation. Debt consolidation. He made a shit ton of money. Organifi is obviously making a shit ton of money. He's a good-looking guy. He's fit, right? So he's kind of got everything he... Sorry about that, guys. He's got oh, everything he's supposed to have or whatever. Done it. <laughs> when you get everything you think you want and you finally get it and then you realize yeah. that's not what I wanted, where do you go from there? Imagine that. Imagine that for Sucks. a second. Like Everything you fucking work your ass off and you dream of and then you finally get it and you're there and you're like, oh, this is not fulfilling at all mm-hmm. so so i kind of that kind of happened to me really so when i was doing when i was doing the shoe thing like i thought success was um just owning my own time and just having the the freedom to do what i wanted when i wanted and long story short i got to that point i wasn't making like crazy money but more money than i had been making and then I just want to go to the beach every day. I thought that was like, you know, what the entrepreneurs do. Like you get rich and then you just chill at the yeah, beach. And was like, this before margaritas. Was this before or when you started growing your hair out? This is way before. Oh, so oh, okay. This is before the luscious locks. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> luscious locks. <laughs> this is the start. Because I feel like that all goes together. You know, it, does, like, it starts a, with going to the beach every day to, and then you, know. you wear the same like, pants. Hey, so relaxed. Uh, hey, when it starts growing. You don't waste your time putting shoes on anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This yeah. is how this yeah. all starts. So you got you to gotta share about the green juice. Uh, uh, Taylor's been telling me since he's been drinking the green juice, he said his hair is all fucking more shiny oh and all that God. stuff. How crazy is that? I mean, look at it. So you notice a different in your hair because you've been taking the green juice. Oh, I love this absolutely. Angle, so what is it? It just, wouldn't shine as much as it does. It wouldn't, you know. <laughs> Did like you just it, think of this? It's yeah. like flares out a little good, bit man. more. Anyway, so 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 what happened? You, you felt the, the need to throw a commercial yeah, in a commercial know, already like, in the commercial, Jesus, commercial. bro. Oh yeah, our salesmen are triple oh, dude, for yeah. some shit like yeah. that. Dude. So, you got inspired by all those numbers. <laughs> hey, listen, like, I'm gonna fucking sell, 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 sell. You gotta, <laughs> you're gonna sell. I sell, 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 sell. If we weren't talking about Organifi enough, let me throw another commercial right in the middle of the commercial. We just did lines, you know. <laughs> Inception. Uh, so listen, you went to the beach every day. What the fuck? You didn't wear a Dude, what, Nobody can go to the beach with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On a Tuesday. On a t- Dude, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, you want to go to the beach? You want to go to lunch? You want to go hang out? You want to go do something? Nobody. Like, everybody's I like, I got work, I got man. work, bro. And I'm like, well, this fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, like this is terrible. Yeah. Then you realize you're just like you could go to lunch with guys like me. That's how we met. Well, I know that's what we did do. So, <laughs> Isn't it yeah. funny? That's exactly what. That's exactly why we went to lunch. I'm like <laughs> yeah. this fucking kid's twenty some years old. He's like twenty three years old. Girl, I'm free like, time. I'm like I knew what I did. Like you know, I was selling drugs at that time. So of course I, I was. I had to make the freedom so I could do whatever the fuck I want to when I want to. This guy, I'm like, what's he doing? I know he's a good kid. He ain't selling drugs. He's not doing something yeah. like that. No, you just get bored. <laughs> and, then, and then there's no point to it. And it's like, whatever. Now, now, what does that feeling feel like? Because I think a lot of people... Empty. Yeah. And then you, w- what's worse is you you thought it was going to be so much better than it actually is or was. Oh. And, and so you, you know, like you grind, 
you you work your ass off, you make a lot of sacrifices to kind of get to where you think you you want to be or or what what success is to you. And like I had put all my eggs in that basket, and it was just it just was it was terrible. It was sad. It was yeah, it was the worst part. Did it, you like, feel depressed? Did it make you absolutely. feel absolutely really? Yeah, mm. really. How because you had nothing for? to strive for. No, I mean that was at a time like how. The, the marriage thing was a yeah. right that's oh, right you right. always forget that you were <laughs> no, I, I did too and then it's yeah and like yeah. Oh, you yeah, and Sal about dude. that you had, so yeah. like so that that happened the business was doing better than it had ever been doing and then I'm just like you know I should be happy but I'm not right maybe not for that other part but mm-hmm. um so that that's when I was like oh well, you gotta so what what conclusion did you come from like come to from that? Were you think like did you reevaluate what it means to you to I think feel it took it took fulfilled? me yeah I think it took me a, a long time to try to figure out like what my purpose was. Mm. Or what is what, it now? I don't know. I just want to do cool shit with cool people and you know I think I think we're doing that. Like last night I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So you like hanging out with us? Yeah, it's cool, cool. I feel exactly. cool now. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's I feel that's like, like Taylor wants to hang out with me. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know what I mean? I'm good. I dude. think he's. I think he's kind of cool. Bump. He's finally rubbing off on you a little bit, huh? You think he's rubbing off on you a little bit? What making me cooler? No, that's impossible. No. I'm. I'm, I'm an old dog, dude. Let me put. Let me tell you something right now. And I'm extremely confident with myself. Look at those socks, dude. Look These socks? I mean, oh no, I've been doing that. I've been doing that for a while, bro. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. And that was an accident, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, it worked out in your face. <laughs> hey, look, bro. Every once in a while, every once in a while, a, a broken clock is gonna. You know what I mean? Bro- what do they say? A broken clock's right twice a day. Yeah, that was an accident with the sock. But so, so for you, meaning for you, you're just like, I just want to feel fulfilled with what I'm doing, and it's not necessarily the money or the flexibility of my hours. It's just feeling a purpose behind what I'm doing. Yeah, I think I think having an impact matters. Do you do you think you're finding that through Mind Pump right now? I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you think there's been cool? We were going to give you a raise, but we don't need to now. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're feeling so good, yeah. we'll go ahead and like, take that back. <laughs> looks like he likes it here. <laughs> we were sweating it there earlier. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you remember? I, you know, it's been a really fun thing to to, to do this with you and. To be honest, I'm trying to think if I've ever done this any other time in my life in business where um, I've allowed someone just to kind of come in and almost create their position or what they're going to do. Mm. You know, like um, I, I, I knew that I was really rolling the dice with even considering that because it's just like that never works out. Right. right? That rarely ever works out. I, at least I've never seen it really happen, but I really felt confident with um, your understanding of what we were trying to create and build and what your expertise and your talents are. And I really felt like I knew that once you felt the brand and really under- mm-hmm. fully understood it, I knew what you got into the lingo and the way, you it's know, we all interact a while, though. Right. You know, like it, it, you know, I think you said like a year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. I, I've shared that with you more, more recently where it's like, I, I finally feel like I'm starting to get a hang of all this stuff and, and understand the the tone in in the voice in which the brand speaks and that's really important and then then that kind of then you can kind of build things out from there and and I think we're we're headed in the right direction as far as doing these live events you know I w- I always take pride in doing things that I I think others aren't mm-hmm. and kind of leading the pack and, and trying to set the set the tone and, and set the bar and um I I think we're I think we're on our way mm-hmm. so well I think I mean I feel like I'm starting to see that now i knew that we would be doing that i knew that we were already kind of doing that i mean even the just the brand and the message itself is counter you know the culture i mean that the the culture and fitness is not 
tell the truth about everything like that. It's, right. you know, take a little bit of science, find a way to yeah. either scare people into buying something or, you know, attach some sort of reoccurring supplement deal on somebody. So <laughs> I, I really feel like that's been the, you know, this, the message in, in our space for a long time. So we've been disrupting that since day one, but I really start, I think it's, we're finally starting to make the waves. Yeah. yeah fake. I can see my, I can see our peers and then I can see the way they're reacting. Dude, it's, it's um, that's that's when you and that that took a long time. You know, I remember it's a telling, massive compliment. It, well, it's it's it is. It's really it's very very cool to see, and it's what we ultimately wanted, right? Yeah, exactly. We want we just want people to to kind of understand there's a different way to do things, right. and and I think that you know like, we don't have to be cool all the time and just show the best. You know, we can we can be real with people and and humanize this experience and get you know get on another level with people so it's more relatable i just feel like it hasn't been relatable yeah. for your average person and for so long and it's been so frustrating because now you get them as personal trainers we get just anybody coming in and it's it's so fucking intimidating because yeah. everybody puts out this superhero shit <clears throat> i think that's why you guys have been able to build so much trust yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's it's funny because it's from a business standpoint. You know, what an opportunity to look at an industry and be like, okay, everybody's lying. All I have to do is tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like radical honesty. You know, that's, like like, <laughs> like that's so radical. How about last? How last night? What I said, you know, what I'm saying because I knew uh -oh. that it was so easy, bro. I knew it. Yeah. You know, it's, we it's, all did when you walked in. I was like, oh wow, really? Yeah, it's like, so fucking weird. Think about that for weird, a second. Man. How weird is that? That people are like, thank you so much for not lying. That's a low standard, by the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not like that's, not, a, that's, hey, that's the, Let's be honest. That's, that's the truth, right? Of the success is we ain't that good. It's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're the, honest we're the tallest midget right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but th you know, think about that, right? Like. You know, people are people are just getting bullshitted left and right, and we we didn't invent anything. You know, we just came in and told the truth. Yeah, and people are getting blown away by the truth. That's weird. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Well, fuck, so I mean, we there's so many predators out there. It's the, just... the funny thing is, we kind of have to thank the industry for being full right? of shit because it would have said <laughs> if the industry. Well, was I also, also think that's why we don't hate. That's why we still. Yeah. I mean, we have friends that that you know how you, how you make your money and how you do things is up to you. That's your choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How you? I'm not going to judge anybody. That's on them but no. if you're gonna leave it that wide open that all i gotta do is come in and tell the truth and it's gonna mm -hmm. be that fucking mm -hmm. easy like shame on you for mm -hmm. not seeing that, or not having the balls to do yeah. that because that's the thing that that's what i you have to know that's what <clears throat> kept everybody in the past i think it's less I, th I think it's less of a evil thing and more of a uh scared thing well right? yeah I don't you're not gonna see return from it yeah, for a long time there's a lot of risk and so, that's what we experienced. We right. did not see like any like major growth financially with that message. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was like nobody wasn't the sex. Yeah, the marketing on online <laughs> with like our back. message right. is not getting click through. <laughs> oh, right, right. You no, know? the, the in the land of lies, what do they say? In the land of lies, telling the truth is uh, is like rebellion, I think, or you know, it's uh, it, it's radical. It's you're the crazy one because you're telling the truth. And in the in the and and when things go really bad in society or in an industry. They don't start off massively bad. The way they start, the way they start off is with little lies, and those little lies get bigger and bigger. People start to buy in, and so what happens is because here's the deal: 
most of the people in the fitness industry that are full of shit, they know they're full of shit. A lot of them, some people think, oh, no, they're ignorant. They believe in what they know. They know they're full of shit. Yeah. In fact, they buy, they're, the more successful they are, the more they know. They mo- the more they know. And, <laughs> yeah. and they buy into their own shit because you start to live this lie, live this lie, say more and more lies about food intake, about training, about supplementation, about whatever, about Photoshop this. And here's a you know, picture of me and my fucking bullshit car that I rented or whatever you know every on my Instagram or whatever and you keep doing that and it just grows and it becomes this monster and then when you're in the industry that's just the way it is dude you know what I mean it's and it's hard to get out of that because you're the fucking weirdo for doing so yeah. it reminds me of of Lance Armstrong when they ask him about you know PEDs and, and everything and he he would just get so overly aggressively defensive about it because he believed he had to like literally believe his own lies <laughs> at that point and yeah. he was like you know he, he, would, he would be litigious about it too if somebody said otherwise it was like that was the level and i feel like that's a lot of the level of that you know the massive money and massive uh companies have been built off of these lies yeah so it's not like this isn't something that that people are really willing to slice right through and, and have something completely counter to that because there's no money in that direction yeah, yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know I have a lot of empathy for the, the people. I can see how very easily... I mean, there was many times that, like, the decisions... I, I mean, boot camps is an example of this for me, you know? I, I knew damn well... like That, that was, was a good example. This is part of why I, I, I stopped doing boot camps was, I mean, I I'd built up a very successful boot camp business um, but coming from someone who's did a lot of private training before, uh, I realized quickly that I really wasn't helping these people. And mm-hmm. I could, you know, and, and the way I work is that pushed me to be better and to make to it try more, to make it to, yeah, right. to, yeah. try, to try and make it. And I think that I like to think that I did a pretty fucking good job with the the people that I had in the groups that I had, but I really wasn't really helping them long term mm-hmm. at least i didn't feel that way you know so mm-hmm. i that's so you have a lot of inner struggle there mm-hmm. but yet i'm i'm rapidly building this business it's growing mm-hmm. I, and i barely even throttling down on it i knew that i, I could put my energy in there mm-hmm. and really crank it and you know something that that <laughs> you, you learn as you get older hopefully that you learn as you get older and i think we've all learned this lesson is that you know Although lying can get you more immediate gratification, maybe even bring you immediate success, the the reality is that being honest will actually more often than not give you long-term fulfilling success. And when I say success, I don't just mean money. I mean what the real true definition of of success is. I mean, like Taylor was saying, you made a bunch of money, you achieved what you thought was success, but were, were you successful? No, because there's so many parameters that can define what your success is. And what I think what you have to imagine is that, you know, your life is like a, uh, it's like a limitless sea of potentials. There's a million different directions you can go. And every decision you make along the way determines where the direction of your arrow goes or where the direction of your life goes. And you have to ask yourself, if I lie a lot or if I tell the truth a lot, or at least I don't lie, what are the odds that the direction I'm going is going to end up in a way that's going to place me in a position where I'm going to feel fulfilled and achieve success? And the odds are, you have to believe that the odds are that if you don't lie and you tell the truth, you're probably, the odds are probably higher that you're going to end up in a better position. So, and that's the, that's the whole, the whole uh, illusion of, you know, of bullshitting. Because there's an illusion out there that if I lie, if I cheat, if I steal, if I Photoshop, if I you know, make all these outlandish claims... 
that I'm going to be more successful, make more money, and be happier as a result. And that's an illusion. It's actually not true at all. It's actually the opposite of truth. And so I think if you go down that path, and it can be hard because it's tempting. It is very tempting to well, go yeah, the other direction. You got to think of the other side, of the primal side of you that's fighting for survival, right? And trying to live and provide for your family and you know, that's how you, that's the quickest, the easiest way to make money when you're in the fitness space. And it's tough. It's tough to not do that. Right. Dude, it requires humility too, because if you're a fitness expert and somebody <clears throat> asks you a fitness question and you don't know the fucking answer, you know, your, your ego needs to be able to be okay with saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And most people don't like to say that, especially when you're being placed in a position mm-hmm. of power or authority. It's like a child asking a parent a question and the parent knowing that they don't know the answer and you, do, you what do you tell your kid? They, they're looking up to you, your dad or whatever. Someone asks you a question about fitness and you're a fitness professional, you don't know the answer. Most people make some shit up and that's that's a tough thing. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do to say, I don't know. But the funny thing is there's way more power in it. We've already proven that. Like, you know, being able to, you know, be real, you actually make yourself a little bit more invincible, don't you? I mean, if I make a mistake... You know, if we make a mistake, we've already shown that we can make mistakes and we're human and we're totally more like the average person than not, then you're kind of forgiven. But you paint that illusion of having all the answers and man, when it comes out that you're not perfect, because it will, I think most of the time will come out. Look what happened to Shreds. Remember yeah. what happened with Shreds when the photoshopping? I mean, if they if they just didn't do that and if they were just were a little bit more transparent, they wouldn't have been damaged by anything. Yeah, like isn't that. that crazy? That's a good example too of like that's a, a huge thing that happened for them that didn't probably make that much more of a difference by doing that. Sure, it probably sold some more supplements because you could show that it was more extreme results, but by how much? You know, mm-hmm. what percentage more were you were you risking just to make a couple more bucks? You mm-hmm. know, and this is why I mean, there's there are some supplement companies that do it right where they don't make those ridiculous claims or whatever. Uh, Mike Matthews' company is a great example. If you watch his commercials on, I, I, I'll sometimes he, I, he's targeting me for whatever reason. I fall in his category of <laughs> of his sales. <laughs> he's the master. That, yeah, he's, that fucker has cloned. Our, he has cloned our audience, yeah. and he is nice. It's hilarious, <laughs> and he follows me around everywhere I go. I see fucking Legion everywhere, but you can't hate on the guy. But anyway, you watch his videos, and you'll say things like, "Look, supplements aren't going aren't, aren't miracle pills, and what you need to do is eat right and exercise right." But if you do take supplements, here's things. And I like that he's being honest, and it's funny because businesses like his are growing, and the other ones are starting to fall. You're starting to see that 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 trend now start to become more popular. It's kind of cool. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I wonder what the future of this industry is. Well, look you like. know what the big thing is on, in our space too with the uh, is the competitions. Like that's how a lot of these, you know, Instagram fitness models do is they build this huge following up and then they do these eight week challenges yeah. and everybody puts money in the pot, you mm-hmm. know, and you got, if you got, think about it, you have a hundred thousand followers. Some of these people have a million followers, right? You got a hundred thousand followers. You just need 1% of those people to spend $300 on a chance to win $5,000. It's the lottery. Yeah. They play. They play the lottery game with with people, and it's it's hilarious. Then they all get handed out these cookie cutter diets and programs, and it's follow follow this for eight weeks, and it's totally based off of their aesthetic change. Mm-hmm. And you know they make a fuck. And you, man, let me tell you something right now, and just so people understand this too, like that. There's a lot of fucking money in that. Oh my god, the, I know people that do it. It's a massive hustle, and man. it's a huge. Oh, it's a huge, because it 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 it, uh, it caters to that false motivation that people get from being in a competition or from signing up for something in 30 days, I'm going to get in a, you know, really fast shape or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and it kind of caters that. And I get it. And mm. I think if you do it right, there may be some some utility in it. Um, but it's oh, I've it's, been trying to wrap. I've been trying to wrap my brain around how to do it the right way. How to yeah, do it the right one hundred percent. I mean, I'm not stupid. I see there's a lot of revenue potential there, and how could we do this in a way that it would help and benefit people that also not be misleading. without making it like by all means necessary right you know like that that tends to be the mentality that goes into these competitions that i have the biggest problem with because who who knows like who knows who's like just starving themselves and like just going through this process just to like get to some kind of an end where mm-hmm. it's like they show you know whatever looks like a, a dramatic transformation for sure that's happening you throw, not, you not throw healthy... money on you throw money on a challenge and tell people that and one of the options is I can starve my body and not eat. I mean, you see it in competing. They do yeah, that yeah. to get up on stage all the time. Dude, I have a buddy that entered into one of those weight loss competitions, and the prize was it was huge. It was like thirty thousand. It was ridiculous, like thirty thousand dollars. Oh wow! And yeah, because he did it with a bunch of coworkers, like, or something. yeah, wealthy friends, and they all put like a thousand dollars or something like that in there. And it was about total weight loss. So who could lose the most weight? So this motherfucker, very smart dude. <laughs> he knew how to game the system. So what do you think he did before it's the like weigh-in? Diuretics. Yeah, gained a bunch before of the weigh-in, he tried. Water. He packed on some mass. He ate. He was drinking like like shot glasses of soy sauce to get as much sodium in his body as possible. Eating yeah. hella starches, <laughs> bloating himself up, constipating himself, so that he gained like ten or twelve pounds before you know the day before the weigh-in. Weighs in. Then to the day before the the it's you know intense. the yeah the, the day before the weigh-in <laughs> oh, at yeah, the man. end. He's in the sauna. He's dropping because you can. If you're a big you dude, know, you know that, you could drop like 15 pounds in a day. Do you know that this is this is yep. this is and what, he won. This is what happened. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. Won the fucking contest. <laughs> do you know this is what happened after the first season of Biggest Loser? After the first season of Biggest Loser, from then on out, people gained the system. They figured it out the very first season. I actually wow. enjoyed that season because I felt like it was they were testing it. Let's see how this works out. And it went gangbusters. Everybody was watching it like crazy. And so, of course, they bring the second season back. Mm-hmm. And now the second season brought all the smart people mm-hmm. that watched it and go like, oh, well. If and you want- I'm sure the producers, you know, behind the scenes get involved because they know a lot of those tricks. But they're like, well, it's going to make for better TV. Of yeah, course. It's going to be more fuck. dramatic. Exactly. Who gives a shit about of, these people? Of course. Yeah. Of yeah, course. They don't give a shit about no. it's You know, it's it's part of what we're exp- what we're starting to witness in fitness is I think part of part of a larger phenomena that's starting to happen and i think it's fueled you know actually i'll say with with certainty it's fueled by the ease of access to information because you're seeing I, I just read an article article i shared it with you guys on the in, intellectual dark web articleable so, <laughs> articleable that's a new one I did, yeah adam taught me that one hey. <laughs> I, be, I believe i believe you're rubbing off on I, I, right i'm getting his fucking tummy I'm, get, I'm getting his tummy he's getting Ad, adam adam's upstairs right adam just got out of the bathroom right he's coming downstairs and he's looking yeah. at me and he goes yeah. and he, he didn't he, he wasn't being an asshole or anything he asked me a question he goes sal do you think it's Possible, really? He tried to. He, you know, he positioned it like a question. <laughs> Sal, do you think it's possible? It was when, a question. When people hang out together, that they start to share each other's yeah. microbiome. <laughs> like, like we're all in the same. We're all in the Depends same. Depends on what you're now. doing. Is that right? what you're saying? And, and, and I know why he's asking. It's because yeah. he's got the shits right now. And he thinks it's my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. He thinks he inherited. My it is, dude. Oh, man. I never. I had a tough dude. I couldn't even have half man. of that. Ca- I couldn't have. I wanted that freaking gelato ca- cappuccino drink oh, so bad. Yeah, that, that's that me too, dude. Yeah, it's because of my it's my yeah. gut bacteria. Oh, dude, <laughs> no. I couldn't even handle half of it, yeah. man. I was in the, up there, yeah. bro. But any, anyway, what yeah. I was gonna say is that so that article on the intellectual dark web talks about these the popularity 
uh, and the groundswell of support for these controversial uh, truth speaking. And I say truth in quotations because what I mean by that is these are people who are not afraid to talk about the controversy and to seek out what the objective yeah, truth is. Yeah, part of the group is there's they're on opposing I sides, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's people who are on the political right, people on the political left. There's um, people who argue for the existence of God. There's atheists, you know, like Sam Harris is on there. Uh, Jordan Peterson's on there, Ben Shapiro. There's people on the left. It, it, and and it, they're part of this movement. And the funny, and the thing this article was talking about, the reason why this movement is growing is because in the past, if you attack these controversial issues and ask questions that were probably unpopular or at least discuss them, that you wouldn't get any airtime on mainstream TV. Like nobody was going to get you. If you're, if you're, if if your opinion wasn't considered popular, but and even if you had made a good point or whatever, you weren't going to get on a, a talk show. You just weren't because it wasn't popular. But now you've got, you know, new media, Joe Rogan, and you know other podcasts and social media that is reaching way more people, and these people have massive followings. And I think what's happening is you're feeling this. I'm starting to feel this third because I'm on the internet a lot and I'm on forums a lot. And I've been saying this for a long time now, that this truth kind of objective truth movement is starting to grow and people are starting to question common knowledge. And I think it's it's in, in good ways in the sense that there's always you know angry people arguing and yelling or whatever online, online. But I'm getting more of the like, let's have an intellectual discussion about abortion. Like that is a very touchy subject, but people are, are touching Subjects like that, uh, like they were ne- never were before. It's funny. The, at the event last night, I had people coming up to me asking me. You know, they said to me things like, "There's so much information online, and so much science, and so much, you know, so many, so many articles supporting different opinions. Like, how do I know where to find the right information?" And so, what I said to them was, "I said, okay, here's what you do: find a." a good article with uh, maybe some references citing, you know, backing up their argument for a particular controversial topic. Read that article and be open-minded. Try to understand the, the point of view of the article. And then find an article that is equally as well-written with a lot of references that is the opposite, that has the opposite position. And read both of them and be as open-minded as you possibly can with both sides. And then see where you are from there. And I think more people are starting to do that. And, and, and you're starting to see now people want more realism. It's good because they're going to have to. Yeah. You have to. Exactly. Yeah. You, it's you have just like to. You called being rational. Well, it's just, it's, yeah. it's just, we're moving into this world where we're able to market to people so effectively. Like it was, it's never been like this, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you're mentioning, like how, you know, Mike's following you around all over the place. Like, you can't get you. I sometimes I trip out. Like I'm like, did I search this or did I just say it out loud? Mm-hmm. And it and all of a sudden now it's being marketed to me. Mm-hmm. Like I see shit like that. And I'm like, damn, dude. Like so because of that, we're going to be getting a lot of bias information. The mm-hmm. shit that you're always liking, the shit you're yes. always looking at but all the time. Be- the best- so it's going to be rare. Yep. You get fed something that is the the counter mm-hmm. to your beliefs. So it's going to become necessary that you seek out opposing views well here's the best part the best part of it is that marketing like all industries because of technology is becoming massively decentralized and what i mean by that is of course there are companies that market that have a lot of power however consumers and i talk about when i talk about consumers i don't just mean buying products i mean consuming anything you consume 
information, products, opinions, whatever, social media, anything that you consume. Consumers are looking more towards the opinions of average regular people than they are now uh, versus marketers. And what I mean by that is, for example, we'll talk about the supplement industry because that's fitness, right? Ratings and reviews. Ratings and reviews. It, people, it's so powerful read now. An, read an article. How often do you now read yeah. the comments to that article? Every fucking time. Almost every time. Yeah. you read it. I do. I always read an article and I read the comments. I want to hear what other people have to say about that article. Yeah, you, because, pick, you pick your movies that way, right? You Isn't that interesting? Now, yeah, you do see like how... They used to just sell it with sex or, or somebody that was like smoking hot and then they're holding whatever product it was. And, <laughs> yeah. and now it's like, well, <laughs> what does the product do? Like, who's used it? Like, what? Like, how, how can I trust this product? And I feel like that's such a great direction that we're going. So, you know, the, that sort of change I'm excited about for yeah. sure. Yeah. So you, what we're seeing now more is is you're, you're starting to like, 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 again, supplements. In the past, it, the way I would recommend supplements to people is I'd say, go with a reputable brand. Now, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, brands that have been around a while that uh, seem to be big. Right, that market really well. Yeah, <laughs> right? Terrible advice. Right? You, know what, you know what people do now is they go on Amazon or whatever, and they look at the ratings, and then they read the reviews, and they don't give a fuck what the brand is nope. anymore with supplements. That's how I tend to purchase things now. If I want to get a, a fucking new tool... If I want to get something for my car or something for the house, I don't really care about the do you brand. Remember how the far, do you remember how far back that you can think of an example of that? Like I remember, for example, when uh, like Kia hit the market over here. Mm. And I remember thinking like, what a fucking ugly ass car. Dude. This is <laughs> yeah. right? Like wannabe Mercedes. Like you just, I just, yeah. I, I laughed at the, I remember the first year it like hit the market over here. And, and, I, and I remember not being a fan at all. But I also remember... You know, after it had been here for five, ten years, and it had been around for a while, all of a sudden, and they, all their cars came with a guarantee. To, I believe they were one of the first to do the hundred thousand mile guarantee on their vehicles, and their vehicles were super cheap in comparison. Super to, cheap, yes, yes, super well built, yes, built well and super cheap, and they just outperformed. The next thing you knew, that their reviews were smashing all the cars, dude. And now they're they're, they're top. Dude, right. what do you okay? So it's the crazy. number one thing in business forever, forever. Any any business owner will tell you this. Any marketer will tell you this. Even if you go back a hundred years, okay. The number one thing is word of mouth. Always, there's nothing more powerful than word of mouth. And what technology has done is take word of mouth and put it on fucking super steroids. That's all it's done. Now you have word of mouth, but you have a lot of people that you can hear. These are a huge pool of individuals who are giving things ratings and reviews, and it's creating systems like. Uber, Airbnb, and all these other businesses where you don't need any other, you don't need anything else. I don't give a fuck what rating the restaurant. You know when you go in a restaurant, you see that stupid. This gets an A from the city. Nobody, yeah, do you give a fuck yeah. about that? The Better Business Bureau. Yeah, nobody gives a shit yeah. about that. I'm gonna look at Yelp. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm gonna look and see how many people have eaten here. The other part of that is it's also revealing just how bullshit you know everything was for a long time. Mainstream media is, was so influenced by special interests. I'll tell you, oh, I went yeah. to I went to Jordan Peterson's talk the other night. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast. I went to his talk in San Francisco, and it was a great talk. Um, it, packed house. I was at the Masonic in San Francisco. He basically go, this is the talk where he goes over each chapter of the book, right? He goes over. He he actually only went over eight chapters. And you know, Jordan. One thing I like about uh, Jordan Peterson is every time he talks, he goes off on different tangents. Mm. So. 
you're not hearing the same stuff. So I hear different stories. And oh, that's cool. He's such an uh, incredible communicator. Um, I'm learning a lot by observing how he talks and how mm-hmm. he communicates things that's influencing me in the way I, I talk and communicate. But here's something that was fascinating. So I'm, you know, I'm always embroiled in the political spheres and people's opinions and you know how the mainstream media tries to sway opinion. And I know it's bullshit. I know when I look at Fox News and, C- and MSNBC and they'll cover the same fucking subject completely from two different viewpoints and skew it totally yeah, different. Purposely. I know like this one's paid by these people and this one's paid by these people. Like I know all that, right? But sometimes it's really scary when it's right in front of your face. And what the mainstream media has been saying about Jordan Peterson is that he's, you know, alt-right, angry white males, you know, like the like fascism, like completely false um, things that they're saying about. And I know they're completely false because I've listened to so many of his lectures and I read his books. And if he was any of those things, I would hate the guy. And he's not. So I show up and I'm in line and there's a huge crowd of people and I'm looking around and the audience is fully 50% women, if not more, maybe even 60% women. So that was bullshit. I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, I'm looking for, let's pay attention to the, the races of the people. Are we all white? No, it was like, probably half or more minorities in the audience than than white people. It was so opposite of the way that they painted him. And I'm not mm-hmm. doing this to blow smoke up his ass or to say I'm a huge fan or whatever. All I'm saying was it was scary. It was scary because all these articles that, are, that have been reading in the mainstream old media were so blatantly false and bullshit that it just goes to show you how the decentralizing of things boy, it's going to start revealing quite a bit. And that's just part of it. You know, it's happening in fitness. It's happening in politics. It's happening in Dude, it every reminds sphere. Me, it reminds me of, of the curtain being open and, you know, the Wizard of Oz. They, they look and it's just this fucking little old guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he projects himself with this big green head. You know, I'm, I'm like God to you. You know, and they're like, you're just a little fucking old guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. I'm not going to believe this shit anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy and it's scary. It's scary, but uh, it's scary only because it's uh, like when you you know when you have some fears and you're like, oh, this is how it is. But then you actually see it and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, it I don't really think it's I don't there. think it's that scary because I think we we like, again we always tend to you know flirt with the boundaries and then enough people get burned or doesn't go off doesn't go well and then we come back the other direction and I think the I think the swings over over evolution I think I think or over time I think have been. Uh, less and less, like the, how drastic they are. Like I think we, as we continue to evolve, we get smarter and smarter. Although we still will push boundaries and we still will get a little crazy, but I don't think it's going to get. I've never had that like chicken little type of mentality mm-hmm. where the sky is falling and like, oh my god, like I'm going to have to go buy property somewhere else and hole right. up and bury my guns and do all these. You're things. not a prepper, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the, what I'm saying the mind like, calendars. Yeah, I just, I just don't subscribe to that. I think uh, because we are we. We live now in the society where we're all connected so closely and so easily can communicate. I don't think as a nation we would ever allow that for no, something I'm, to I'm, become like so bad. So I, I'm not I, afraid that something terrible is going to happen. What I, here's what what I mean by scary. I don't mean like I'm scared. I mean scary in the sense that it's 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 crazy how how false things were or are, and it's crazy at how when when things really start to get decentralized. How much that facade's going to fall apart, mm-hmm. and how it's going to be—it's going to be scary in the sense that a lot of people are going to be shocked. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's all going to dissolve. A lot and of people, people are people are over it. You know, like that—that's why like truth and <laughs> and honesty is is like it's just piercing through all this shit. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. they can't stop it. 
Yep, yep. I because just, everybody everybody can communicate on a level they've never been able to before. That's right. That's right. I, you know, here's the thing. If you have, if people just respect each other in the sense that they respect that each person's an individual and everybody's going to have an opinion and so long as you don't hurt me and steal from me, you can have your opinion and we can talk and discuss these opinions, but I know you're not going to hurt me because we already talked about that and you're not going to steal from me. So although we totally disagree, the common ground that we have is that we understand that we don't hurt anybody and we don't steal from anybody. Boy, that's that's a great that's a great way to have discussions. Mm-hmm. That's a great and you can talk about anything. Right. We can talk about the most controversial shit in the world. You could believe in horrible, horrible shit, but so long as I know you're not trying to hurt anybody or steal from anybody, like it's all good. And it's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Real good stuff. We have when when is uh when's the mirror event, Taylor? Next Friday, the eighteenth. So that's where's right. that? Seattle. See, that's a isn't that your hometown? That's a Doug's yeah, hometown. Now you you said this girl. This event has. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, can you say it like that, Taylor? I no, hate, I hate you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> say it like that. Sorry. Just, hey, come to Seattle. <laughs> you're so smooth. <laughs> you're so suavo. I can't. I, I'm sorry. I, I get, I get sucked it. in. You know. I feel like if like I'm close to you and you're talking, like <laughs> <laughs> chills. You know what I mean? My like, hair will stand ooh, up. Like, have you, have you been now, Taylor? When you were up up in Seattle, did you actually go to the mirror? Look yeah. At, oh, so you've been I went in to the, the flagship. So yeah. you've been in the location. It's really cool. Is it? Yeah. Now they is have, it is it bigger bar. than the the event we did t- tonight? Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's it's an even bigger space. That's gonna ooh, be cool. I can't wait, man. I know that last one was fun. This is gonna now be you more. described it like it's it's sounding like when you told me it's almost like this bar coffee shop type of look lounge where they serve coffee beer kombucha yeah so i think during the day it's it's part like cafe community space it's also a retail space and then they they do community events out of it too so what we're gonna do we're gonna do what's different about this event than the one we did yesterday um is we're gonna do an actual podcast interview okay so follow the story interview which is a little different, and then and then we'll transition to the the live qua, which oh, is gonna be really fun. Yeah. That oh yeah. Oh, that's gonna be. Is it is wow. it filled? Is it filled up yet? Or are people able to still sign up for I think, it? I think we should pack this one out. I think so. We keep, going. keep going. Let's yeah. let's break the fire. Where do people huh? go, Doug? I keep, I keep forgetting. Where do people go to get, get signed yeah, up on this one? Go to mindpumpmedia.com forward slash tour, but make sure you put www at the beginning <laughs> because <laughs> that link will not take you there if you don't do that. So www.mindpumpmedia forward slash tour. Mindpumpmedia.com. Dot com. Yeah. Forward slash tour. It's also in the show notes too. So yeah, yeah. Definitely check that out. Probably the easiest way for people. What do you say we answer some questions? Yeah, we could do that. Oh yeah. I forgot we were doing that. Yeah. Yeah, seeing that this show's already late. All right. So we have actually What do you mean this show's supposed to air tonight? Yeah. I still, oh, I still, still got to edit this thing. We kept, we kept you guys waiting. Yeah, it's gonna be so I'm worth edit, it. Edge of your seat. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O R G A N I F I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, our first question is from Rebecca.UBS. If you want to compete in both bodybuilding and powerlifting, does it matter which you do first? 
Ooh, that's you a, should ask Ben Pollock about that. That's now. a really you, good. I, did you pick that? You picked that. Of course. One? You yeah. know. You know why I picked this question? I know why you did because yeah. we were just looking at Ben Pollock's picture and we were discussing he how impressive, how unique his physique looks for somebody who's never competed for bodybuilding before, and how impressive he is. There is this strange. There's no science we've, to support we've this. Ta- I know we've talked about this on the show. This is pure speculation, and I 100 percent agree with you. Right? I have nothing to back it up. Yeah. There's no <laughs> science. <laughs> I have nothing pure but my own. Experience what I've seen, what I've seen in clients that I've trained, what I've seen in my own body, but I I can't put words to it because it doesn't mm-hmm. fully make sense to me. Yeah, when you when you train with really heavy fucking weight, when you train for maximal strength, it's a different look for years. Okay, you do it for years, and then you get shredded. You get this hard grainy. granite grainy yeah look to your body. It's this very hard grainy. <laughs> Great input. Great input. Thanks. Thanks. He just sold you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just sports. Yeah. He just sports statted you right there, dude. You cherry picked no, a couple turns. No, you just, got, like, how many more? You, do you just paint? cherry picked. You yeah. just cherry picked. That was so good. Oh, yeah. 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 We're, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with like dried. Hey, out dude. He, no, you should see he's kind of good at this. See him in a couple weeks. You know, uh, just yeah. wait for him to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's true, dude. Yes. Look in bodybuilding, sharpening up in bodybuilding. You had guys like like Dorian Yates who trained insanely heavy for a long time. You had people like Ronnie Coleman. Um, back in the day, people like uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Franco Colombo talked about the importance of heavy, heavy strength training to give you that granite kind of hard look. I Look, I train. I always veer more towards, and sometimes to my detriment, towards uh, heavy training. I enjoy really, really heavy uh, maximal strength type training. And when I got myself shredded for Maps Anabolic, uh, because you know before we, before Doug and I put Max, Maps Anabolic out, we wanted to get some, take some pictures of me that would be kind of marketable. And I'm not a very big guy, so I said, okay, you know, one of the best, one of the things I can do to kind of set myself apart is just get shredded. And so that's what I did. And I was, it was kind of cool to see my body shredded because I have, I got this really hard, grainy look to my physique, and I think it's because I always trained really, really heavy, and it gives that kind of look. And again, there's no science to support this, but I've seen this in people. I ben even, Pollock I, is I, like that. I even hate using the word grainy because I feel it, it's, it's... it's There's just not a lot of adjectives to pull from, though, it, you know, it, to, to describe well, exactly it, what that looks what like. What does it look like? You got, it's harder edges, yeah. right? It's harder edges to muscle. The skin almost looks... It looks thin. It looks... Um, the muscles just look very. It just looks like you can move shit. You know, like you can do work. <laughs> it looks like you move shit. You know, like that's, that's like way more objective. Science. Listen, <laughs> the other ones look like a bunch of fucking balloons, and they're all like filled with oil and shit. You know. Well, like, the 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 point, you know, circling back to the actual question, like which one do we, which one do we think is is more important? Real technical. Here, I, I this is what I think. I think that uh, most bodybuilders do not do enough strength training. Yep. Like and, maximal strength. Yeah, yes. And I think that they would greatly benefit through uh, running more of it in the routine. I don't think it matters so much. Uh, or at least I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference to strength train or power lift first and then get into bodybuilding or vice versa. I just think... Well, which one do you think... Let's say you're equally... This is a good question now. If Let's say you're equally interested in both. Well, power and, lifting and... and yeah, and, like like I really want to do well in both of them. So I'm going to compete in both of them or uh, you know, I'm going to... Uh, it's going to... Well, gonna build, well don't you think that... Building the strength is going to have yeah, way more carryover, right? That's what like doing that first is your foundation. Yeah. I mean, it, Arnold did that, right? He was a power lifter or, or Olympic lifter going yep. into bodybuilding later on, but he just had that base 
of strength. Yeah. And then just kind of built in, in isolated areas. Yeah. Of his body. No, it's almost a, actually, it's not even close. That's not even a close to baby because you're going to get the just the CNS training you're going to get from strength mm-hmm. training and lifting, power lifting like that compared to hypertrophy training. And you, you have could, to learn function like mobility more when you train powerlifting than you do with bodybuilding. Yes. You almost have yeah. to break bad habits if you start with bodybuilding and then go to, to power. Right. Whereas if you will go from powerlifting to bodybuilding, there's no real bad habits to break. I mean, you have to kind of start to learn to feel muscles more right. than the than just doing movements. So that, that's a bit of a learning curve. For well, a yeah, no, that, hap- that happened to me. Yeah. I mean, when I told I was competing. Yeah. Talk about the change in your physique because you were competing bodybuilding style for, for years and years and years and achieved success doing so. You looked phenomenal. But then we all started mind pump and then you got on this kick of just getting strong and your body changed. I saw it. There was... There's a picture you posted of back before and after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was no, a big difference. That well, that was the big game changer was my back, and that was the one that fucking blew me away. Where I was like, "Holy shit!" And I've shared stories on the podcast before the how the strength change the change in strength I saw big time, like the seated row that I've been doing for ten years of my life consistently in my routine that I maybe pull 180 pounds or so. All of a sudden, I'm ripping 300 like it's light. Like that was like holy shit. Like mm-hmm. to feel myself jump. I mean, to feel yourself jump like that over a in a year's time. When for ten years of of training, I didn't. I over, incrementally went up for years and years. So, yeah, I, I saw the for sure strength. And then when I saw when you peeled down, yeah, finally. When, yeah. When I leaned all the way out, I saw how thick my back had gotten. My back had gotten it. And, and again, here's another here's a bro term for you. It get the it got that 3D look, mm-hmm. and in yeah, because you were wide, you were already wide. Yeah, I'm a tall guy, and I have broad shoulders, and I have a very narrow waist, so I already have the natural V taper look. And a lot of guys will, if they do a lot of lat pull downs and they do seated row all day long, they tend to develop this nice wings, and mm-hmm. they but they look kind of like a pancake, and they look flat. And somebody who deadlifts. I, I can always tell somebody who deadlifts 400 pounds plus. You could mm-hmm. just, if you're pulling 400 plus pounds off the ground, like you just, you got to have a thick back. You've got those columns. Yeah, you got these, those center columns and you have a thickness to your back, which gives the quote unquote mm-hmm. 3D look that mm-hmm. people talk about. But that, to me, that's the definition of that. That makes the most sense to me when someone, when you hear that bro word of, oh, yeah, his back looks 3D, you know, like, okay, you know, the, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and the funny thing, too, is as being in, in, in fitness as long as we have, I can tell, even if they look similar, even if the people look similar in terms of body fat percentage, you know, both lean, both maybe aesthetic, I can almost tell when I look at people like, oh, that guy's, that guy, like, he trains a lot for strength and performance, and that guy over there kind of just trains for aesthetic. You can almost tell in their in their physiques. Well, and especially in the, I mean, the you movement can, patterns. Well, you yeah. can really tell in the extreme versions of both categories. I mean, yeah. look yeah. at your your top level men's physique guy, and look at your top level powerlifter guy, and it's like they are very oh, yeah. very different yeah. looking. No, I'm talking about even when they're both lean. You can almost tell. In, no, I'm. It's, yeah. ben, I mean, look at Ben Pollock. Yeah, it's true. Look at Ben Pollock. Like he looks it, strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's a because he's not. That's he. That picture. I don't know if you read the caption. He's not getting ready for. A, 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 he's getting ready to powerlift. Yeah, he's wow. still competing in powerlifting. Yes, while bro. He's peeling down. It's yes, crazy. that's what's crazy. Yeah. Wow. he's not even uh, trying to get on stage right dieting. now. That's what he looks so like. So I'm going to speculate a little bit on why this may be happening. Again, there's no scientific. There's no science to support this. This is pure speculation. But and it's and I'm not the only one speculating this. This has been speculated for decades by bodybuilders and strength uh, athletes for a long time. Here's what I think that's happening. I think the nature of bodybuilding 
encourages more of that sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, more of that fluid within muscle, which gives the muscle a different look than strength training, which may not increase increase the sarcoplasm as much, but increases muscle fiber thickness more. And I don't know how you would prove this. Uh, I, I don't know if you'd have to biopsy muscles or whatever to figure this out, but mm. it almost seems like it looks that way, right? Like like someone who lifts heavy for a long period of time for, for years or decades and then they get shredded. It's almost like they have more muscle fiber and less fluid. And then the guys that do the bodybuilder type routines for long periods of time and you know focus on getting the pump. When he explains that to you, does that make fiber. any sense to you at all? Mm. Being honest. Maybe yeah, a little bit. Okay, I just want. I'm following. Okay, I was like just, one yeah. may look more like a balloon that's bubbly and shapely, and the other one may look more like a piece of concrete that was mm-hmm. carved in that particular shape. Does that kind of make sense? I bet if I saw pictures, maybe that would help. Well, well yeah, I mean, if you just take it down to like something that has a little bit of fluid versus something that's pretty much just like muscle Solid. and skin. Well, to that point, something that I... That's my speculation. No, yeah. to that point, something that I noticed big time in my physique after I got into strength training um, after the competing thing was when I would compete, um, and I see this a lot when, in, in my peers, is you look super impressive when you're pumped up. Oh yeah. Good I, point. I I would get I would get aired up and I would and I I did actually did not post pictures of myself aired up because I was like if someone sees me in real life they're going to be like what happened to you? <laughs> Cuz I look like I put 30 pounds on. I drink a gallon of water. Just I mean like so think that. Of, yeah. I got a gallon of water. I got 3 400 grams of carbs inside of me. I'm fucking pumping the blood in there high reps like crazy yeah. and all of I mean I look I literally and I'm already a 6 foot 3 230 pound guy like I look 260 all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I would, but then I also would shrink all the way back down. When you when the pump would go away. Yeah, when the pump would go away, I would deflate all the way down. And I would, I mean, and in my head, I would always be like, man, I'd, I'd want more of that look. I feel like I don't look anywhere near what I look like all pumped up. Well, when I started strength training way more, what I noticed was I didn't get that crazy same massive pump as I did before, but I walked around buffer looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it lasted longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, it, I didn't, I didn't need to be inflated to still look like mm-hmm. I, I, I trained and I lifted. Like mm-hmm. I, I relied, I feel a lot on the pump to give me the look that I wanted all the time mm-hmm. by always chasing the pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of the guys that and girls that stay in the 10 to 15 to 20 rep range and the super setting and the low rest periods all mm-hmm. the time. And they're constantly chasing that hypertrophy mm. to that feeling of pumping up the muscles and they're not heavy strength training one to two reps. And you, you think that's why they, they really do detour from strength training sometimes. Cause yes. it's like they, they don't get the same kind of yes. feel. Yeah, oh, of course. Like, oh, I don't like this. Dude, I'm going right that, back. That's what, that's what, that, that's what would t- change. That's what changed me for many years. So yeah. I would, I, it's not like I, I talk about on the show how I never train like below six reps and I never did, but every once in a while I would creep down to like five or six reps but even then, like I remember, like never staying there very long because of that exact reason. Yeah, because the, the pump, the pumps were terrible. Yeah, I was never as when I hit 15, 10, 15 reps, supersetting some of that. Oh, I felt amazing, and it fed that part of me that I was like, oh, I feel good. But it was yeah. artificially, it was artificially yep. blood yep. and fluid pumped in there. Right. I wasn't really getting more muscular. Yep. yep, yep. You you hardly ever get a pump with when with when you do proper. You know, heavyweight. Hella men's physique guys are stuck in this. I'm calling all you fools out that don't know this. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. some. I'm serious. Yeah. Like, you're gonna do a workout. So many of these dudes that, and I would see them show after show. That's why they all look. Oh, so many of them 
look the same okay, and, and after every show. And what's funny, what body part, what one body part wins competitions, physique and bodybuilding? You're back. back. Yeah. You're back. Mm-hmm. What's the one body part you pretty much can't fully fucking develop unless you train for strength? You're back. Yeah. It's very difficult to do so. And that's what that's the big difference is that in that body part. There's other body parts too that you can tell when somebody strength trains versus when someone, you know, someone well, like doesn't. The core. Yeah. Core, like a thick core, hands, uh, yeah. forearms, neck sometimes. Just like a brick. Yeah. I yeah. can always tell when I see a buff dude with a thick neck, I can tell, like, okay. Oh, yeah. They don't just lift weights in the gym. They do some other shit too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, but but the, but true. It's the back. Like it's hard to develop a really impressive like like competition winning back without doing heavy fucking shit. Yeah, well, you know there there's a uh, caveat to that too. Is that this? You know, when you train low repetitions, that also I think there's more reward, but there's also more risk. Risk. Oh, hell yeah. So that was another thing that I noticed. I started chasing the once I saw the benefits my body was getting from the low reps. Uh, you I caught was, up in it. Oh yeah, I was like, man, I I all of a sudden started training this one to three rep range because of the gains were coming on. And for a guy who's been lifting for 15 years yep. to see gains kind of coming on like that, I was like, whoa. Like, I want to keep doing this. And of course, I kept doing it. And then now, all of a sudden, I get all these nagging pains. Oh, now my joints start hurting. And now I have these, I'm just, my back is hella tight. I'm, and my hips are tight. And I start to feel that because I'm not, then I'm not doing the things to balance myself out and counter all that, mm-hmm. that heavy lifting that I'm doing. So, you know, you got to, that's, and that is the importance of why all the programs are phased the way they are is they're, and then they, we tell people on the show and on our forum all the time to have, flexibility you know maybe you stretch a phase out for four weeks or whatever or maybe you cut a phase short two weeks and you're on in the next that's that, that's fine and to each their own but oh, no, body build, bodybuilding style workouts definitely uh definitely more conducive to longevity than heavy fucking strength based workouts i mean it's true like yes. constantly pushing yourself for one to three reps Boy, you have to have perfect oh, taxing, perfect mobility, and perfect movement. Yes, to to be able to do that for a long time. Yes, otherwise you're gonna hurt yourself. Yes, you'll hurt yourself. And that's why too, I think that I think if you, I think we all agree, right? Strength training would be the by far more beneficial to start with, to start with and, then and then go into bodybuilding. Next question is from John Alva Seven for online training coaching. What are your thoughts about high ticket coaching? Do you feel it's better route for us trainers wanting to go into the online world? Or is low ticket better, focusing on volume to help more people? Mm. I would never think that low ticket is a, is a good idea, especially something that requires your time. If it's your time by you doing that, I, it's, and it's always a value and price thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're, you're having a hard time charging people X amount of dollars, then your service isn't valued at that. Yeah, yeah. But, I think it's a volume thing too, you know, like... It's two business models, right? It's the low volume, high price model versus the high volume, low price model. Now, well, one of here's and here's the trade off. The trade off is this: typically, what do you get? What do you get from a low volume, high price model? You know, you don't even you're, you're not even really in the fitness industry except for our podcast, right, Taylor? This is true for all businesses. What do you typically get when people pay a lot of money but there's less volume? Better quality, mm. right? Much better quality, better service. Now the opposite, the, the the but the trade-off is you need you don't get a lot. You can't have tons of customers. Right. You just can't do that. So you can go the low the low cost, high volume route, but understand that you're going to be sacrificing quality. I don't care how good your fucking systems are. 
It's just the, the quality will have to decrease a little bit. I think bit. you're also dealing with a certain type of customer at mm-hmm. that price point. That's true too. That's right? a great point. You want you want to uh, what kind of customers do you want to attract? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't last thing you want. I remember that being a trainer and working my way up from being somebody who was, you know, charging $50 an hour all the way up to where we were charging $150 an hour mm-hmm. and each incremental step along the way mm-hmm. and as my rate would increase, I realized I started to attract the better client and the better customer mm-hmm. because they valued my time that way. It's like I I realized really, and now it's like if I was, you know, obviously I don't train anymore, but if I'm talking to a client about my, it's a very easy conversation. Like I value my time mm-hmm. and I know that I provide that much value for your life. So it's not even like a, a thing to be debating. And mm-hmm. you also got to think the scalability of, what some of these online coaches are doing. I, I see it a lot. Like <clears throat> the model is right now to go low and you have high volume. Yeah. And just because you can reach so many people on, on social media mm-hmm. yeah. and you're going to, I mean, it's impossible to give a great, you know, one-on-one type of service to somebody for super cheap. It's just, it's not scalable. Or it's with not, tons and tons of volume. Yeah. It's, it's just really, not. It's I just mean, like, if you're going to go that route, if you want to go the high volume route, then figure out how to design really nice, you know, well-programmed programs and workouts like we do and design them in a way that's going to hit most people or be effective for most people and then do it that way. But to, to try to offer coaching that's high volume, mm-hmm. it takes away from the coaching aspect. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah I, I'm always a quality guy and that that's what led me into the direction of like charging premiums, you know, and like, what does that look like? What kind of value can I add to, you know, like make it match what I'm asking from my client. And like, I'm, I, that was like my entire business model. And I, and I honestly, if I was to go back, I would do it all over again because there's, it's such a differentiating approach than everybody else is always like trying for the price war or trying to be, um, you know, cheap and, and get things to, you know, the masses, but you're just going to attract a lot of people that aren't really serious about it. And, you know, they're just going to kind of slough it off because it doesn't hold the value, um, you know, of something that actually you're asking them to really be committed in mm-hmm. a sense by, right. by paying that kind of a money. And so, um, yeah, you, you can get to a point too where you really, you really just kind of construct what that perfect client looks like for you, mm-hmm. yeah, and they, and then you can you can draw you literally draw that up to the to the very details of what you want them to look like, and it it literally like you you get better at marketing to that person, and then it becomes a reality. Yeah, I mean, and just and if you're gonna go the low the the low cost high volume route coaching, just be honest with people and tell them, hey, I have a lot of clients. I have this many people I work with. This is what I provide, and it's not like the, not like I'm coaching you one on one. And just be honest, and I, I'm sure people will see value in it. You know, I, I remember when the, the chiropractor industry started doing this. You know, th- there was a second there where this there became this like method of applying chiropractic care where, and there was a term for it. And I don't remember what it was where. A chiropractor would have whack them and crack five them. beds, five beds in a room. Do you guys remember this? Did you go? You went crack to chiropractors whack. a lot, right? Bro, no, they, remember s- that they schedule by the fifth every fifteen minutes. Remember yeah. that there was like all of a sudden it made a switch where you'd go to a chiropractor before you and get it was like, like stem machine mm-hmm. massage, and then they just go. Yeah, yeah. It was one. On, it used to be one on one. You go in an office or whatever, and then all of a sudden you go in and there's like seven beds and there's other people laying down next to you, and you'd go from one to the next to the next. To the next, okay. Hold this stretch for the next five minutes. I'll be right back. And he goes the next time. And I don't remember what the there was. A, was there a name for this method or Doug? I don't know. I think there's a number of different. 
modalities practiced in chiropractic. But some of them are very speed oriented. Yes, and uh, others are spend a lot more time with people. And they would spend. They would sell it. They would actually do courses and teach chiropractors how to do this in order to to turn their businesses into profitable ones. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's that's always kind of the trade off. And I don't know, maybe because we're purists in fitness, and it's like if you're going to coach people, like coach them. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's the guilt. Maybe. <laughs> That's, maybe, a good, that's a good point. You know, maybe maybe for so many years, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good point. You know, we probably chased the dollar ourselves, and for so many years, we we were probably giving awful advice, even if we didn't know better or not. But that's enough to make me feel guilty and feel like. Do you think that there was a, a level of willful ignorance for a short period of time before sure. you sw- turned the corner? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Like yeah. you said with the group training, I experienced the same thing. I just knew that. When I was group training, I wasn't being myself to the level of like, I know I'm helping this person. Like, I was just trying to make it like, I'm not hurting anybody here. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like that was my goal. You know, like everybody's doing a million things in different directions. And, um, you know, you just try and staff it accordingly. But it's just not it's, it's just not as effective as it could be. Did I ever tell you, so I, the, little, so my entire fitness career, I either trained clients or managed trainers or gyms, right? And then I had my wellness studio where I, where I had clients and my, the longest stint I had with group training was probably, I think it was maybe a grand total of three months. So I, I, I did a circuit training class where people could show up and they'd pay a much lower rate, you know, for coaching because there's 10 people in a class and I'd set up a circuit for them, and they'd go from you know exercise to exercise, and and that was it. And I only did three months because I fucking hated it. I couldn't stand it. It was hard for me to, <coughs> it was hard for me to continue doing it, knowing that it was bullshit, and people are just going to sweat and they're not going to progress. It was a very difficult thing for me. And when I don't when I don't like something, it's hard for me to fake it, and so I wasn't good at it, and so it wasn't very popular, and so I had to shut it down. But there was one moment. My God, this is so funny. Probably the third class. One of the exercises that I had was. You have this medicine ball, the bouncy ones, the ones that you can bounce on the floor and they'll, they'll, they'll go up real high. And the exercise was I bounced the medicine ball and your job was to chase it and catch it before it landed. Okay, so this was the exercise. It was like a sprint. So this lady who was probably 45. Oh, my God. Uh, who, you know, she worked out, so she looked fit, but she never ran. This is going to be all bad. She never ran. <laughs> Nobody ever. Who the fuck runs nowadays? Anyway, no. You know what I mean? Like, you don't run unless you're being chased by something. So for class starts, I bounce the medicine ball. She goes to take off, and she fucking trips. And I saw my, I saw like liability waivers. Like I saw everything like, like what did she sign? <laughs> yeah, dude. She started going forward and I don't know, I think it was an act of God or something. No. She caught herself with her foot and then kept running. But I just saw teeth like flying everywhere. Oh, I wow. envisioned the whole thing. It scared the oh, fuck out of me. I'm I like, saw somebody I need to running, stop this bullshit. yeah, running a boot camp adjacent to like when I was training somebody at this gym, they're doing it outside. And um, I just saw this guy doing just basic speed ladder drill stuff right but he was unmanaged and he caught his foot on the back of his other foot like back of his ankle and literally just fell right on his face and gets up and he's just (laughs) two teeth gone blood all over his face two teeth wow yeah Yeah. and just And I, and I was like, oh my God, it's a lot of blood. <laughs> just call, getting on call 911. And like, he's just sitting down, like, trying not to, like, oh my God. I do, I do, I do want to say, though, if I were to do 
like a boot camp or do something like this. If I if I'm in, okay, if I'm in Jonathan's position, I know Jonathan right too. I actually would run these boot camp type classes, or I would structure them, uh, you know, as far as business model wise, like the boot camps. But it would the class that I would teach would be like a mix of FRC and Aldoa. Hmm. And this is what I do right now on Saturdays for the the couples that I've had in my life as clients of mine for 10, 15 years. And, you know, when I've no longer had time to train them or do we've maintained relationships and Saturday mornings when I'm in town, a lot of times we're traveling, so I don't get to do this, but Saturday mornings I, I get up and I, and I teach this class and it's free. I don't charge them for any of this, my way of kind of giving back probably again, the guilt thing. And, uh, <laughs> and so Pain or penance, right? Yeah. No, I do. I feel, I feel I owe it to some people and, and I feel like I'm actually really impacting their lives. And I remember, so this is what's kind of neat about this group of people that I have is they were part of my boot camps way back when, when I was fucking battle roping them and running through ladders and running, let, you know, <laughs> fucking stairs and all that shit. Right. And I remember that, um, I remember thinking like, Man, the, most of them, there's not any, I don't think one of them is younger than 50. So these are like 50 to mm. 65 plus uh, year olds and a lot of couples. And, you know, I remember like all of them, you know, like looking at all their posture, their mechanics. I, I knew it was terrible. And I'm going like, Jesus, like all what, you know, what they really need to be doing is just like corrective stretching all yeah, day long. Right. Yeah, the whole and time. It, it wasn't until we started to really dive into FRC and Aldoa and those type of things that I really start to implement that. And you know, now, I could see that because you yeah. have them hold a position. Yeah, I and teach. You just go from station to station. Yeah, that's yeah. all we do. Yeah, I, I, I teach a one-hour class, and it's a that's it's a mix smart. of it's mm-hmm. a mix of animal flow, Eldoa, and FRC all built into one. And I do it with them. I take them through it, and I part of it is selfish too. So it's a way for me to give back, and it's also um, it gets me up on a Saturday when I would probably to do sleep all in. this mobility. Yes, stuff, to man. do all this mobility stuff. So I'm sure there's a little bit of selfish uh, fulfillment <laughs> there too. <laughs> Uh, and so I get an opportunity. How to can I motivate myself to do mobility? Work? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, a group. But if I was Jonathan, I would, uh, I would in, for sure invest in uh, FRC. I would invest in Eldoa. I think they're, I think they're ahead of the curve with, uh, and I think, Agreed. Um, I think where we're going in this uh, I generation and with the phones and the laptops and stuff like that, this this type of stuff is going to be extremely important mm-hmm. to teach people. So I would start to be way ahead of people and start creating these classes that uh, that you teach this in. And I think that would provide incredible value. Mm-hmm. I think you could feel good about putting people in a class setting in it and not feeling like you're just taking their money to make them sweat and lose five pounds mm-hmm. then gain five pounds and lose five pounds. And then I would take the coaching concept um, that you're, do- you're doing virtually. I would start low, just like I did. I started at uh, what low I thought was $200 uh, a client a month for coaching. Um, and with that, they got to talk to me daily. Um, and they got diet, they got feedback from me. And each time I added a new client, I added value to what I was doing. And I would learn off of what I did the previous month. Like what did that client feel like they received from me? How could I have made this better? And then also more efficient because I am scaling a business. And every time I added a client, I upped my price by $25. And I kept doing that until I got up to $500. And then by that time, mind bump was off and running and I never had to do it again. But if I were to be, if I was in your shoes, knowing where, where you're at in your life right now, um, that would be my advice on handle the online coaching and how I would scale the pricing. Um, and I would create more value and 
try and spend less time and or less or have less people and more value for them and then teach classes to where you could have 10, 15, 20 people in there mm-hmm. that you charge a monthly fee to to be able to do classes like that. Next question is from Joe Pushner. Do you all feel the victim mentality is on the rise in society? Oh god. If so, how do we effectively begin to deal with it in ourselves and others? The victim mentality is mm. for mm. sure on the rise. For sure, it's on the rise. Is it, or are we more aware of it now? Oh no, I think it's. I think it's more on the rise. And here's why I think it's more on the rise: because life is a lot fucking easier. I think life is easier. Kids are born with more opportunities and things and stuff, and they don't have to work as hard for things. We have and to actually create challenging scenarios yeah. and a lot so of when, times. and so when they don't get what yeah, they want enter the rise of spartan yeah right yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying yep, like yep. we're where things are so easy in our in our yeah. society and life now we have invented a race yeah. that fucking yeah. punishes you <laughs> yeah. for fucking two oh, hours you haven't been dirty your whole life Here right you go right and not only that but we're gonna charge you yeah and we're gonna make a fuck ton of money <laughs> off of that. Dude, like, it's brilliant yeah. right uh, fucking brilliant well, it really is i mean that's why i love joe so much like joe's a fucking gangster for seeing that how early he saw it and then sticking through it dumping millions of dollars into it when he wasn't making money and continuing to push through to see that vision and let me tell you He's fucking on a ride now. Oh, yeah. He's going to be on a ride for a it's while. perfect timing it's, uh, you know, for something like that. It's, it's, it's so needed. I mean, people just, I mean, they're seeking for- The irony is, though, how many people actually know why it's so fulfilling for them? They don't. They, they just, they don't. They're they just don't. drawn to it. They're drawn to it naturally. Because we need it. Because I know I have a lot of friends that have done it and love it and talk all great about it. But if yeah. you ask them, like, why? Oh, it's just cool. It challenges oh, yeah. you. It's You know what I'm saying? That they, yeah. And they talk like that, but they, they're not really connecting- why that why that is for them a lot of people don't dive deep enough into that they just they're drawn to it it fulfills something it feeds something that's an inner desire that we all need and want Mm -hmm. and then they so they do it but meanwhile it's like that should give you a sign Uh, well look it's it's so pervasive and insidious to and easy it's so easy to blame all your failures on things that you can't control because you can't control them so it's not your fault you know what i'm saying like the reason why I didn't get that job or I'm not successful, the reason why I didn't do so well is because, I don't know, my gender, my race, I grew up poor, I was born in difficult situations or whatever. All things that you have no control over because it re- removes responsibility from you. Now, here's what happens when you take when you when you remove responsibility from you, when you eliminate that from your from your from the way you think about things, you also disempower yourself. When everything is a result of things you can't control, then that means you control nothing. That means you have no power. It's, it's there's nothing I can do about anything that happens to me in my life because you know I'm either I'm not privileged, I'm not the right gender, I'm I grew up poor, I didn't have the same opportunities, I'm dyslexic, I'm an amputee, I'm paralyzed, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And they're all they can things pose challenge. Here's the thing. Here's what I love. And we'll, we'll, I'm going to go controversial now. We'll talk about privilege for a second. I love that term when people throw that around. Boy, do I fucking hate that term. And it's not because, you know, you know, because it's white or black or whatever. Not, not because of that. Here's why I hate it. I hate the term privilege because it assumes you know somebody. It assumes you know somebody and right. all of the factors that make up that individual. Right. If I were to sit here and make a list of all the possible challenges that someone could have in their life... Everything from 
you know, their life, their parents, their mentality, their genetics, the school they went to, the people they met, the fucking like. I mean, I could literally make an infinite list of possible challenges. If you know what I, it's an infinite fucking list, and you can't possibly quantify, and each one of and every single thing on that infinite list. There's an infinite scale of how challenging someone can can consider it to be. Mm-hmm. I may consider my, you know, dyslexia, for example. Imagine if I'm dyslexic. I may consider that as an incredibly difficult challenge, a horrible stumbling block, and something that is preventing me from whatever. Or I may think of my dyslexia as an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, I'm dyslexic, no big deal. Like, there's also that too. There's this infinite range of how you can consider all these infinite things that could be possible challenges. You can't possibly know everything about someone to call them fucking privileged and to say that they're lucky and you're not. And yeah, you can go and you can say they may be lucky in this particular parameter compared to me on this specific parameter. You may be able to do that, but good fucking luck. And it's also disempowering as shit to look at somebody and be like, oh, well, the reason why they're successful have you is ever asked they're somebody, way better than I am. Have you ever asked somebody like, what is, if someone says like, oh, that's white privilege. Like, what does white privilege mean to you? Have you ever yeah. asked, what do they say to you if you... You know, when they use that term, and by the way, that was a term created by, the, by politicians to separate us, 100%. Um, and that's what they do very fucking well. Uh, what does white privilege mean? Well, it means that if you look at statistics, you can say white people generally less likely to be incarcerated, generally tend to have more money generally are more likely to have two parents in the house. Generally, we can say this, that, and the other. But on an individual basis, it means jack fucking shit. Right. It means nothing. It really does. Because what, regardless of what your race is, all of those things can be true or false. And so it's silly to say that. It's also, dude, here's the other side of this. It's fucking terrible to say that because let's say I'm a, let's say I'm a black kid growing up in America today and I keep hearing the term white privilege. Well, what do, what is that? What can I potentially start to think about myself? I'm at a disadvantage because of my color. Right. I could act that could that could be a bad thing. I can interpret that in a way to say, well, fuck it, man. I'm destined for all this difficulty in my life because of something I don't I don't have any control over. Now that's not I'm not denying the reality of things like racism and sexism and the the potential opportunities that money give you and the potential opportunities of having a good family, give you and all that kind of stuff. But boy, on an individual basis, what does that fucking mean? I can look at Adam, right? If I'm an, if I'm, if I have a victim mentality, I could look at Adam and be like, this underprivileged guy grew up in a poor household, had a difficult childhood, blah, 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 blah. The reality is I know Adam and I know that that's part of why he's so successful. Was it, is it, did that make him underprivileged or is that his privilege? Did he view it in a way that empowered the fuck out of him? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, think about that, right? So it's, it's a very, it's a very scary thing that's starting to happen where we're starting to, we're starting to blame things on uncontrollables and we're disempowering ourselves as a result. The whole fabric of this revolution of Western society, which, you know, I'll say arguably just to be a little bit politically correct, but personally, there's no fucking argument that Western society has proven to be, by most metrics, the superior philosophy uh, that that we know through all of recorded human history. On most metrics, equality for women, equality for minorities, prosperity, uh, the ability for people to have free thought, free religion, free speech, like all these things that we take for granted now, like that is something that developed in Western society. And what it was based on was this philosophy of 
each individual has a has these inalienable rights that nobody should be able to take away from you. In fact, we'll create a government small enough, big, big enough to protect that, but small enough that it won't infringe upon that. That was the that's the basis of Western society. So to believe in that, but also along with that comes it's your life. The burden of your life is on you. That comes with a lot of responsibility. And then people accepted that. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look at the creation of, of this country, for for quite a bit, for most of American history, we our borders were, you wanted to come to America and be an American? You're welcome. Come on yeah. in. Come on in. Sign this paper. Here you go. Nobody's going to give you shit. Nope, you got to build it for yourself. Together. But people like ex- accepted that, worked together and did some remarkable things. Still today, you see immigrants come to this country. Look, ain't, there isn't anybody fleeing America in fucking homemade rubber tire boats to go to places like Cuba. It's the opposite. It's for this opportunity, but with it comes responsibility. And if you talk to any of these motherfuckers coming over here and sneaking over to this country and almost drowning by trying to cross oceans or you know break laws and you know go climb under you know walls or whatever... You ask any of these people if they're coming here for free shit, and maybe some of them are today, but for the most part, they're like, no, man, just give me a chance. Let me take this responsibility. I don't, I don't need you to do anything for me. Just give me a fucking chance, and I'll go for it. And the victim mentality is like, boy, that's the opposite of that shit, and I wish people could see that. Like, I wish we could see that this is just a mm. – it's a big problem. The thing about, I, love a lot, I love about fitness so much is if you really get into fitness and health – like Whoa, really so many deeply, parallels, so many parallels. You you start to accept that. You know what I mean? If you really get into it, I'll t- you, you, here's the funny thing. It's atrophy. A greater percentage of entrepreneurs and those type of thinkers that believe in personal responsibility, a greater percentage of them work out consistently. And I think the reason is because they take that personal responsibility. And they're like, look, if, if I want to be fucking, if I want to be fit and healthy and have energy, I got to fucking do the work. Got to make the effort. I got to make the effort. Yeah. And then people who do that see the benefit of that and then start to apply that to the rest of their life. That's one of the reasons, one of the things I love so much about it, but the victim men- mentality is just getting, it's getting crazy. It's like that. Per- it's like people suing who sue McDonald's for being obese. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Oh yeah. Seriously. There's people that sue. There's, I mean, people Did that will sue me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. I I'm sure. surprised if some of them were. Well, I'm sure that that was part of the laws that came out later on with why we had to post calories and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that those lawsuits. I'd love Doug to be able to Google this right now. That those lawsuits, um, those happened, and then it was shortly after that. Did we see the? It was mandatory that all uh, restaurants had to be provide their nutritional facts either on their website or on their menu for people to read and see. So that mm-hmm. I believe that's what catapulted. Now, I don't remember if they won the case or not, or it caused enough mm-hmm. uproar that that's what ended up happening later on. But it's pretty crazy that people yeah. did that. If you believe that you own yourself and that nobody else owns you, if you believe that, or at least if you believe that that's the moral belief and that's the way it should be, because you could also make the argument that, you're forced to pay taxes and you can't do everything you want to your body or you go to jail. So you can make the argument that the government owns your body a little bit in that particular sense. But if you believe morally speaking, and it's the right way to believe that I own me, this is my body, this is my mind, nobody else owns this, it's mine, then you you have to simultaneously believe that the burden for your, for your fucking life, the burden of taking care of yourself and the results of your life lies on you and nobody fucking else. Yep. Lies on nobody else. 
You can't believe one without the other. You can't pass it off. You can't. So if you give that up, if you start to believe that you're a victim and that people owe you shit and it's it's their you know burden to take care of you and their burden to pay you back for your the fact that you're you know that you're oppressed or whatever you perceived or all these different types of things. If you believe that, then you simultaneously believe you don't own yourself because you don't have that responsibility. Have you ever met a successful person that has that role? I have met successful people who feel guilty for their success and then start to cater to that victim mentality because mm-hmm. they feel so right. they feel guilty for it. So then all of a sudden they want to pretend like they, you know, like oh no 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 we owe you and whatever and you know, <laughs> you know it's 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 really funny. You know the irony of it is people who believe in what I'm talking about you, you would. There's always that argument that it's selfish. Oh, you're so selfish. You know, you should help people or whatever. You look at well, the statistics. People who believe that actually give more to charity than people who don't. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's a fact. Really it's, interesting. That's an absolute fact. Um, remember like Justin Wren when he was talking about helping, you know, the pygmies and helping God, communities around that. that. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, it's been a long it's been a minute. We should we should see if we get him back at yeah. some point, but um it it was such a powerful thing when he started to describe like when they were just trying, like the governments were trying to really just drop food in and they were trying to just help and and, and give people everything and access to everything and how much that fucked everything up. Fact, yeah, fucked the, the, uh, the, the whole economy that they had built between tribes and between people mm-hmm. was, was interrupted and now they don't trade with each other. And... You know, and he he had to actually understand, like, on a deeper level of like how all that affects, like, because he really cares, because he cares, because he really cares, and that's the thing. Like, when you hear people say things, like they'll go protest things, they're like, "I care about this cause." Go look and see how they live, and then that'll tell you if they really care. Like, yes, like like environmental. You don't just fucking throw money at it. No, like environmentalists. Like you have people like, "Oh my god, I really care about the environment." Really. Do you, Leonardo DiCaprio, with your fucking massive yacht that has a carbon footprint that fifteen of my lives will never will never cover? Like, like do you really care, or do you pretend like you care because it looks good? And there's a lot of pretenders out there. So that's that's what I mean by you know that's that's the whole caring side and that personal responsibility. And change starts within you. And I'll tell you something right now. Yes, definitely, circumstances can be stacked against you. Yes, there are uncontrollables, but boy, does life fucking suck when yeah. you feel like you can't, when you don't own some of that, when you don't own some of that. It's, a, it's tough, but it's also pretty awesome to look in the mirror and be like, okay, my life sucks, and I think, you know, there's shitty circumstances, but I think I have more control over this than I thought of before. And in fact, maybe a lot of the reason why it sucks is because of me. The irony is, as you get older and you go through enough shit, you realize that you kind of want that. You really do, mm-hmm. like, and I love. That's why I love the story that you told about uh, the show um, Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, when you shared that story, because it's such a powerful, powerful, you know, uh, imagery of that of this guy who's you know rolling dice. He thinks he's up in heaven because he's getting everything that he wants. You know, he's getting beautiful women around him. He's win- rolling craps every time and raking in the money and has anything he wants. But the snap of his fingers, everything just works right, and it doesn't take long before he goes. 
this is awful. Mm-hmm. I, I would have never expected heaven to be like this. Mm-hmm. Well, what made you think that's heaven? Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. maybe, maybe that's what hell really is. Mm-hmm. Maybe hell is actually getting everything you want. And the real beauty and everything that we go through is the fucking struggle. Mm-hmm. Dude, the struggle like, is the, the struggle on is that the goal. for a minute, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, well, uh, look, think about it this way. If, if somebody could, if they could just snap their fingers and be super fit all of a sudden, Will they be? Will they have accomplished or? How much would they have, care about it? Would they have gotten as many of the benefits as they would have gotten had they gone through the struggle to get there? No, and to I, learn all the things. No, no. That's the reason why. Uh, you, it, you know, when we see things like the what's that fucking stomach pump thing that's coming? Oh yeah, the, the that's why we. I know aspire assist. Yeah, yeah, I know when we saw that, it's like right away you freak out because it's just like you know that ninety percent of the people that use that are not. It's not going to really help. No, no. I think I think one of the best things you can do in your life that will give you a sense of power like you've never experienced before, but it, it does require a little bit of pain at first, but it will give you a sense of power and meaning in your life is to realize that for the most part, your circumstances, you were you're the one that caused most of these circumstances, or at least you're a part of them, or you could have made decisions that could have changed them. And realize this, realize that even if that's not true, even if regardless, your life is going to be a particular way, which state of mind do you think will feel better to be in? The one where you feel empowered or the one where you feel like you're helpless and you're just fucking floating with the wind and I'm, everything, I'm, like it's a consequence of shit that I can't control. Right. They've done studies on this where they've had people in these situations where they'll give them a little bit of autonomy or perceived autonomy and they perceive the difficult situation is much better because they feel like they have more control over you know what's going on. So victim mentality, here's the thing. Whether you think you can or can't, you're probably right. That's right. And here's the problem. The problem is people spend a lot of money on making you feel like a victim because when you feel like a victim, it's easy to manipulate you. Hell yeah. And when you feel like a victim, the, next, the very next thing that they'll promise you, as soon as I make you feel like you're a victim to someone else and the reason why all your life sucks and everything sucks and it has nothing to do with you and poor you and it's everybody else and everybody owes you something and you don't need to work hard and you don't need this responsibility. The next thing that follows is, but I have the answer for you. Yeah, I got the fucking, yeah. listen, you vote for me <laughs> and I got the fix, dude. You deserve this shit that I'm going to promise you. Just vote for me oh, yeah, and here's I why like you deserve guy. it. Right. That's the very next thing. Run as fast as you can from those motherfuckers. <laughs> There's a lot of money being spent those on doing that. fucking wolves. That's right. That's right. Imagine if everybody stood up right now in the, in the fucking world and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to be the change that I want in the world. I'm going to change right. the shit right now yeah, myself. Don't worry about anybody else. That's it. Mm. I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I can, what I can control. To, to improve me and, uh, and, and imagine what would happen. All right. Next question is from Image Writer. Can posing or flexing help with mind-muscle connection? Isn't that the definition yeah, of mind-muscle like connection? 100%. Process of that, yeah. 100%. In fact, you know what's crazy? is like I always know when I, I would have, or I always knew when I would have a really challenging client when I'd ask a client to try and flex a muscle. Like, and your back is a classic example of that. Like, Some people just can't even yeah. flex their back. Can't, can't activate it or their chest. And if you can't flex that muscle, it's really Without hard to, resistance. Yeah, just with, intrinsically. Right, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah if you can't flex a muscle without resistance, it's going to be really hard to develop that yeah, muscle. Yeah, it's hard to build off that. Yeah. And, and people... And that's a very, very great question that you picked there, dude, because... This is what's wrong with what what happens when a lot of people get into working out is they think it's as simple as just 
going and going through the motions, right? Get on the machines, just go do this, go do that. Oh, I feel the burn. Oh, I'm sore the next day. Well, dude, day. We're, so, we're so not in our bodies. Right. I used to always laugh when I'd have people like beginners do a tricep press down. That was always my favorite exercise because inevitably someone's super out of shape and out of their body. Like they don't, they don't, they don't know what they're feeling. They'll do triceps like, whoa, I feel this in my abs because the abs is sta- the abs are stabilizing. They don't yeah. even feel, or I'll get the, how often did you guys get this? What muscle am I supposed to be feeling? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they're so like not connected to their body, they can't yep. even feel what they're split, what they're mm-hmm. working. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. No, when it comes to mind muscle connection, the ultimate expression of that is being able to activate a specific muscle without. I used any to say this all the time. Resistance. All working, all working out is is flexion of the muscles. Yeah, that's all working out is. That's all we're doing with resistance. And that can be your body weight, that can be isometric, that can be weights, cables, could be anything. But all it is, is flexing a muscle with resistance. And you want to first learn how to flex the muscle, right, intrinsically before you even add resistance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a major mistake that a lot of people make is they just go through the motions and they don't really fully understand like, oh, I'm trying to engage, which is also why I think there's a lot of value in personal trainers because- not a lot of people want to go through the work and effort it takes to, you know, oh, wh- how do my lats function? You know, what what are they responsible for? And like, I have to understand mechanics. Like, not a lot of people fully understand that. So, having a trainer who can look at your body, look at how you move, and then while you go through an exercise, be able to explain to you like these are the muscles that are responsible for doing this. That's what you should be feeling. Yeah. You know, or giving them feedback mm-hmm. by touching them there or whatever. So. Yeah, posing, I think, is a great way to do that by yourself, right? Like, I don't have Sal or Justin touching my back to say, Adam, squeeze your lats when you do this. So instead, I'm in I'm in the mirror, right. and I'm flexing, and I'm trying to activate certain muscles, while, and I'm using the mirror as, an, as a feedback yes, mechanism. I just remembered, you know, you get your beginner clients coming in, and half the time, you, you just have to provide that kind of feedback, even if it's like physical touch. You know, so your body actually knows like, oh, this is the area that we're, we're focusing on. Like this is like some people just don't even have that ability and and they, you know, they just go through the motions and momentum is carrying them through a lot of their movement practices. And it's just, it's, it's, it's disconnect. It's, it's a massive disconnect. This is why some people too can do silly looking exercises and really focus on a certain muscle because they really understand the mechanics Mm -hmm. and the function of that muscle. And so they can use machine. This is also why it's a pet peeve of mine when professionals or people that think they're professionals on Instagram share these stupid exercises that maybe they have the ability to connect and control and control and do that but it's silly for like the general public like 90 percent of the people that are probably watching right Right. the kids that are just now getting into working out and they see oh look at this i'm gonna turn sideways on this or you know do some weird shit like that's like dude dude i I, i'm gonna say something that master the basics i just had an interesting thought i think that and, and you guys help me think this out because i think that the if the average person learned to master the classic bodybuilding poses the ones that are used in bodybuilding competition mm-hmm. that may be a good exercise in learning because think about it and how to control muscles and connect them because think about it well, if you do vacuum poses you have to learn do- well no, i'm talking about the, the classic uh like standard mandatory bodybuilding poses right like a lat spread right ab pose front double bicep which is different than a back double bicep that's what a real bo- a bodybuilding routine is literally taking you through i mean every they go through hamstring calf yeah. back deltoids chest 
abdominals. But even just the poses, just even but having I mean, people do the poses. Well, yeah. Well, if you're doing the poses, you're having to activate and flex those muscles yep. and you're learning to engage in that. There's a lot of value in, in the ability to wow. do that. Yeah, I mean, a I can actually see some value. Do you guys think, because I can see some it's value. It's like almost an assessment. Yeah, or, right. or not even an assessment, just like, you know, people aren't interested. They're not interested. Now that being, Taylor really wants to do this. Now that yeah, being said, <laughs> now that being said, as a trainer, it's easier for me to teach that with a tool or feedback like weights. Sure. So telling somebody to intrinsically activate and do that is very, very difficult. It's mm. just like us trying to correct posture and why our zone test is done against the wall. I use the, the wall. You it's don't need feedback. a you, you don't need yeah. a wall there. You don't need a wall to check somebody's upper cross syndrome. Not if, yeah. They need to feel that. They f- need to feel that. So I can say your wrist, your elbows, your nodule of your head, your low back, feel all those points. That yeah. should be against the wall. Oh, you can't. It's not against oh, the wall. My head's not even close. You're deviating. Oh, right. Yeah. So they can tell that other. But we don't necessarily need that. But they do. But they need that feedback. So the only downfall of. I would never teach somebody posing before I taught them how to train because training I can I can get you to connect to muscles by using the weights mm. yeah. easier than well, I can. Well, how would you teach a beginner how to do like a you lat would, spread? They would. wouldn't even know what the fuck no. that is. Like. You know, it's funny is right. so I saw this this is crazy. So you just gave me a funny memory right now. Uh, when I first started hanging around all the bodybuilder guys and stuff like that, when I was starting to compete and hanging out with all the guys that are coaching and coaching the posing and doing stuff, I could see the guys and a lot of times their physiques represented it. That they just, to me, when I would look at some of these athletes that were getting into competing, I, I would look at a physique and go like, you just, you have no business competing right now because you just haven't even started to build a good foundation. Like why try and be competitive about it? Like keep building your physique. And part of the reason why some of these guys just didn't have physique set is I could see the way they went through their posing routines. That they, they had could, no control. They huh? had no control of the right muscles. You know, coach would be like, flare your lats or flex your lats, and they just they couldn't do it. You know, they couldn't figure out how to do that. I'm like, here you are getting up on stage and competing, you know, trying to get and, and pushing yourself at a competitive level, and you haven't even fully mastered the basics. Like I consider learning to flex every muscle a basic Mm-hmm. A basic skill set that you should I consider com- if you're I consider competing you being a competitive athlete like a professional right. yeah. that so you should not be I mean it's putting the cart before the horse for mm-hmm. sure I mean you absolutely want to under fully be able to flex and activate every single muscle intrinsically mm-hmm. before you're gonna push the body yeah. to crazy limits and I can see a lot of value in especially if you're in, in hypertrophy training or if you're training for aesthetics in following up a set with flexing that particular muscle and squeezing it and holding it for now there, I've a seen, period of time. I've seen studies around that. Um, I don't know how much I... Now, I don't know. I'm not talking about... I'm, I'm just saying in terms of the connection, especially for weak body parts. You know, uh, Ben... No, I agree. I agree with yeah, you. I, yeah. I agree with you. But I, I'm just saying that I've seen people take some studies like that and they've, again, they take something and then they try and... Make it look more important than it Make really it more important than exactly yeah, what it yeah. really is. I see value in that for sure. But you sure. know, Ben, ben Pikulski made an interesting point a while ago on our podcast and he said, you'll, you'll always notice somebody who has a weak body part that they have trouble or it's, it's, it's not strong and it's fully contracted position. So in its fully shortened position, it's probably not very good. And you know the old old school bodybuilders used to talk about Arnold. Used to talk I about wish this all I time. wish I heard that. that. I wish I heard that from a guy like him 10, 15 years ago when I was training lots of people, so I could be looking for that more now. Yeah, because that's a very interesting. Oh, I'm going back in my role. Of that so am I. I'm yeah. do, I've been do, I'm my, and myself like evaluating yep. everything, going like, hmm, that's interesting. Is he right there? Like, hmm. and I do remember when my chest started to develop more. Like, was I doing like, hmm, that's a really yeah. interesting point. And I, I don't have enough data to, I mean, I have enough data to pull from, but I wasn't looking for those things at that time in my life when I was training. 
it would be interesting to go back there. But I, I definitely think that he makes a fucking mm-hmm. very good argument for mm-hmm. that, and I see a lot of value in that. If you're so, if you're listening, and you have an underdeveloped muscle, say the calves, your chest, whatever it may be, think of that muscle in the the shorted, contracted position, whatever that is. So if it's yeah. your calves, it's when you're all the way up on your tippy toes. If it's when you're doing your chest, it's when your hands are together and you're squeezing your chest together. And how strong are you in that fully? Yeah. yeah, and I would think I would think like after your set or before, probably before your set, you probably want to connect to the muscle first. Is to squeeze the shit out of that muscle in the shortened position, really connect hard to it, and then go do your exercise, and that should help you connect a little more. And in fact, when I train clients, I did do I think versions a, and variations. I of think that. I would think a heavy a heavy negative would be really beneficial too is to get in the fully contracted position with assistance yeah and then resist it in that position oh wow that's a lot of muscle damage though man oh Ooh, it would, yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. a great way to do it that think, tears the fuck out of muscles think think about doing yeah. that that would be a great way to, to you do look, that you look confused taylor could this be like a youtube video we could yeah we could do a youtube video on mm-hmm. something like this i feel like that'd be really cool weak body part how to bring up weak body parts Brilliant. That's a good idea. I came up with Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Next question. Get used to it, Taylor. That is it. I think that is it. Hey, you know what's funny? Get these people their episodes. This is live. Well, no, dude. You know what's funny is uh, uh, another thing that was shocking and strange to me that I heard a lot of at the seminar yesterday, or not the seminar, the, the event yesterday, was people were coming up and a lot of people didn't even realize we had fucking social media. Like uh, yeah. platform, a, a lot trip, of people are like, huh? "Oh, I don't know you're on Instagram." Believe it or not, so I am going to say this: we all have our own individual Instagram accounts. All of them have different information. They all reflect our own personal flavor and personality. Where they're super easy to find. And memes. Yeah, mine. They're super easy to find. <laughs> That's true. Mine is Mind Pump Sal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Adam is Mind Pump Adam. And Doug is Mind Pump Doug. And Taylor is Mind Pump, mind Media. Pump Media. And he's Mind Pump Media. Check us out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.